Welcome to the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. Whitney, what our listeners don't know is the start of episode 99 uh-huh. has been a little rough. It's, it's okay. If we had game show intro music, it would have gone bum, 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 oh gosh. like that. There, There is actually a constructive <laughs> use in dead space when you're recording a show. There is. There is. We, you we, don't understand it. We drove right over that, didn't we? Uh, by we, uh, you. <laughs> and maybe I was in the passenger yeah, seat. We drove right I'm, over that. I'm completely calling you out in this situation <laughs> we drove right over there welcome everybody to episode 99 of the we, broken token podcast we made it we're on, we're almost to a hundred yeah An official hundred yeah we are in minus one right now is is what is where we are at so 99 episodes man the retrospective is is coming everybody we're just going to warn you about that right now i don't know the retrospective I mean, what, is coming i mean one of the things that that has been an, an ongoing trope of the show that needs to come back is my rage quitting so um <laughs> will you do that will you do that at, will you do that on episode 100 <laughs> i might do it on 99 <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what's gonna happen next do you that's what keeps us interested <laughs> That it is. That it is. Dude, what has been going on? I, I said, dude. I cannot believe I said, dude. I hate that Why don't word. Why don't you just say bro? Why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, bro? Uh, Brent, how's, uh, how's the past month been? Oh, so, my gosh. It, it, I was looking through the show notes. I was looking through the OneNote, and it looks like you got some stuff fixed, some stuff broken, but, uh, man, there's there's a lot. There's a lot here. I was, oh, I was, I was looking at it, and I was like, broken. man, I was like, man this, 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 this guy has been busy. I didn't say dude, and I didn't say bro. This guy has been busy. (laughs) I actually forgot to put in an additional break. Oh, And so for new listeners of the show and old listeners of the show, uh, this is the where we talk about what we've done segment, but as we often do, so I'll throw this out, because I've even heard people talk about this on other podcasts. I don't care what someone did last month. There, hey, Brent, there, Brent. there are lessons to be taught here. Brent, I care. We are. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I I'm, gl- I'm glad somebody yeah, cares. Care. You, the Maxine, my dog, she cares less. <laughs> yeah, you well, know, you know, give she, me an occasional treat. Yeah. She's leave she's, me alone. She's two meals in a cot, man. That's the way they yeah, roll. She, so, I, yeah. I am in her world is the way this works. But uh, as I, as I go through this, as you do too, Whitney, there are lessons to learn here from our mistakes Oh, oh man, and, and things to pass along. <laughs> sure. So it's not just. Well, I got up and had breakfast. So. Yeah. Well, I, I have I, I have often found myself uh, hearing that on other shows as well, saying, "Well, it, you know, why do we talk about that? Because nobody really seems to care." And, and I and I'm talking and I'm thinking to myself in my head, it's like, "No, actually, I do care. I, I that's the reason why I tune in is because I want to hear what people are doing." Because there are lessons there, even yep. if they don't think there are, I, I still pick something up from it. That's part of the whole reason why i even listen to podcasts because news is just news and quite honestly i i'm going to go ahead and say this and i'll probably get a little bit of hate mail for it that's one of the reasons why i like that we don't do a quote-unquote news show because news is so in the moment it's so in the moment and it has so little value to go back and listen to it six six months later I don't really get a whole lot out of quote unquote news shows. I like experience shows. Well, the, I think the term you're you're kind of tap dancing around at least I, I, this is the term I've heard, and I yeah. believe it's the term used in 
uh, a lot of media circles, our show is basically for the most part an evergreen show. It's yes. always applicable. Yes, I would. So, I would hope to so. Degree. Yeah. yeah. Now, that being said, I mean, I do listen to new shows and I enjoy hearing the news, but. I wouldn't want every show that I listen to to be a news show. That's the yep. it's the best way to say well, it. Well, you know, case in point about uh, uh, lessons and and things coming out of learning from you know our mistakes and our successes during the update we, we've segment. Got, we've got ninety nine episodes of mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. The show box. T- I, I'm going to write that down. It's a show title. Ninety nine episodes of mistakes. Yeah, yeah 90, 99 mistakes. This box exactly. that I had handed you earlier that's sitting here to my left. Uh huh. We're going to have an unboxing during my update segment. Oh, okay. So I'll get to that here in a second. All right. uh, I did fix my battle zone finally. Oh. And that will, that was, that'll come up here in a second. That was actually related to the battle zone, the extra one, as everyone has extra battle zones just laying around. I mean, as one does, Mm -hmm. um, that I had out in the, in the garage that was on the the go list. So the, as I love to do, if you're fortunate enough to be in a position to have two of the same title or t- two titles of a, of a very similar vintage or yeah. the same company with the same pinout or mm-hmm. even, even a lot of the Atari stuff where you could swap around a lot of the core cabinet pieces, it is super helpful when it comes to troubleshooting because you can play one off the other. And it, it kind of helped me quickly dial in to what was going on with the audio which was basically gone in my my battle zone and it ended up being it was isolated to the ar2 and i had to replace both of the amps on ar2 okay so that brought my sound back now yay win uh, at one point, I also had my game room on and my Star Castle's down. <laughs> really? Yes. What, what took it? Do you know what took it down? No clue. Would it just not fire up or was it running and then went down? Uh, when I looked over, I heard just uh, it wasn't super loud. Uh-huh. But when I looked when I looked over at it, it had a couple just stray vectors. And yeah. They were froze. It was talking to my Tron is what it oh, was doing. Oh, your Tron go down? It, no. Well, my Tron pinball where the glass is broken. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And I walked by it and it's like, what? You know? It, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it had a couple stray vectors and just this tone, this low tone coming out of the speaker. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I haven't had a chance to look at it. It might be just as simple. It it looked to me, I, I'm not up on that platform. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. processor based. So it it looked to me like it was trying to run some code and it's just it's locked up. Hmm. You know. I don't know. I haven't messed with it. I'll put it on the list. I'll get to it. But yeah, so I, I, basically it's a push. I can it, hear the exasperation in your voice is what I can hear. Yes, I was not. I mean, if something was going to go, couldn't it have been something that was a little easier to deal with? A, a little easier to work then, on for sure. Yeah. 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 But no. Yeah. So it's the way they go, man. So yeah, it's, I've got two vectors down. My Tempest has got some issues and the, now the Star Castle, hmm. but I can play Battlezone all I want. Well, that's, I mean, there's, there's upside. So I, so here's some updates on the uh, eviction of project games. You know, I mentioned, I'll give a rundown here um, and just kind of the interesting revelation I've had, but uh, I, I talked about some that were gone last week. Uh, we had a little update on that, that Tato, Taito, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you Tito, 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 whatever. Yeah. On that frog and spiders <laughs> kind of, what is it? Change a game cab. Yeah. 
so the the gentleman that bought it he actually posted a picture of it now i threw a gallery up on facebook so that everybody could go out there and take a look at it and i talked about once i pulled it out and really looked at it with a a little bit more of an experienced eye while it had the same art as a frog and spiders it really it looked like some kind of change a game or convert a cab or almost like uh almost said nintendo almost like tato's answer to the nintendo versus system okay all right yep, yep. and but the the cab was what this gentleman wanted he had imported this game called warp one from japan and the the literature he had on the game had it in that cab with that art scheme so it was a match made in heaven all right yep he actually came back and posted a picture where he'd gone gotten pretty far along with it he'd gotten a a monitor in it because there was no monitor in it i never had a monitor in it he'd gotten a monitor in it he'd gotten his um uh, wiring straightened out and he'd actually if for folks that listen to the last show i i noted and there's the pictures of this are up on facebook on the wall of the cab was like this roundish, ovalish kind of connector. It almost looked like some kind of aircraft type thing, you know? And that to me looked like, okay, wherever, whatever the board that went in it, it either had that on it or it had a carrier that had the other side of that connector hanging off of it. So you could just plug it in and away you went. Okay. Oh, yep. And he had actually tracked down what that connector was. It was still a thing that was available. Uh, he uh, did he say did it come from DigiKey or Mauser? It was one of the mainstream part suppliers. Anyway, but if if you go back, if everyone wants to check it out, I'll try to put a link in the show notes. Facebook is less and less cooperative about links to galleries. Yes, I mean it's almost impossible. They. Yes, agreed. Finding just the raw URL of a Facebook gallery yeah. is is like a five minute exercise. Yes, so it's it's out there. Mm-hmm. If you go out there and look at our picture galleries, it's out there to be pretty recent. At least if you're listening to this show sometime around April or May 2021, he in the comments section posted a picture of it where he's actually got the monitor in it, he's got the board in it, he's got the wiring straightened out. He was able to utilize the wiring that was in there. He found that connector, made himself off the fingerboard, the adapter, just to plug it right into the cabinet, mm-hmm. and it's up and running. Yeah, great. That's and awesome. He had a mar- he's got a marquee for it, so he's chugging along with bringing this Warp 1 game back to you know life. Um, he's offered to come on the show and I, I really want to take him up on that. And I'm hoping maybe once we kind of get through episode 100 and uh, he gets a little further along, we can get him on for a segment and really talk about the game. I, I would, I would dearly love to listen to him tell that story, especially once he's got it further along, as you, as you know, and we can get some insight into him as to what it was like to work with the main team and just the, the overall effort. That, he did that, mention that he also got the ROMs dumped because yep, yep. they weren't in MAME yet. Exactly, exactly. So, I, I mean, I, w- I want him on the show as well, but I would like for him to be a little further along in his project so that he so that he can tell a more complete story mm-hmm. and, he, and he doesn't have to... He doesn't have to just run up to, oh, well, I'm two-thirds of the way done. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would like for it to be a, a, a bit more of a complete story. But, oh, am I am I anxious to have him on? The 
there's no doubt about it. It would be a fun interview. So fun I'm, interview. I'm actually looking back at this text, and I'd read this, but it didn't sink in. He said the game Warp One was the brainchild, so I'm assuming they were the developer of Sun Corporation. And if I if I've got my history right, I think Sun did Kangaroo that Atari licensed. Mm-hmm. Does that ring yeah, a bell? It does. Okay. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. So. Uh, and it, they also did uh, Stratavox, if he recalls correctly, which I've heard of Stratavox. I've I, heard of Stratavox I don't as well. Having played it, yeah. I, I don't think, I don't think I have either. So more to, more to come on that. It's it's honestly it's kind of neat to see this game uh, or this cabinet. I've had this cabinet since like day one now see that now that's literally day one that, was, see that that's encouraging and and that's exciting to me because that's a treasure that's just been i mean that's like deep treasure yeah that's just been sitting there waiting to be harvested you know that's neat if i the the guy well the the, the two operators i got the game from so the the quick the, you know the gen, genesis story of brent here is when i decided to get into the arcade games it was to teach myself electronics and i went and i found an operator and i bought everything they had that was broken <laughs> so that's that's where like my versus cabinet come from mm-hmm. and i've had nicer cabinets than that one actually the one that's going to come up here in a conversation in a minute is nicer than the one i've got uh-huh. but i can't sell it yeah because the one i've got is the first game i ever fixed oh well there you go and it's it it's staying yeah you know it's just it is what it is yeah so um it was this this empty cabinet was in that first group of games and um i know forever it seems like i've said i've done this for 15 years my my scale of time is is always been skewed (laughs) i mean i got an argument once with my mother that i swore up and down she was 53 years old and she she almost died laughing she was just just bawling laughing yeah and i couldn't figure out why and the more harder she laughed the more upset i got yeah she made me turn around Uh literally turn around yeah and said who's in that picture Uh i said you're in that picture and i'm in that picture and my sister's in that picture Uh why she said what does it say on that big sign behind all of us and i looked at it and it says happy 60th birthday (laughs) (laughs) and that picture was a couple years old yeah (laughs) so my time frames in in, it's a there i have a lot of personal foibles and that is one i'm gonna have to get get you a pocket calendar that's what i'm gonna get you for christmas and then you can just whip that thing out and just write stuff down in it and and i'll say brent brent (sighs) now now brent brent (laughs) grandpa brent 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 Brent. get your calendar out get my calendar out. yeah exactly you know that scene in which which of the captain america movies was a captain america first avenger when he meets sam and the, uh, um, no, on your left no it's the winter soldier okay on, is it winter your, soldier it's the winter soldier no yeah okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah. on your okay. left on, your, on left. your left winter soldier on your left yeah so there's that scene where he sam tells him check out such and such and he put it because it's of his time yeah he pulls out a little notepad yeah and makes the note <laughs> yeah and to me that made perfect sense exactly <laughs> i think weren't that, they were like in the park sitting on a bench or, so, or something I, I, if i remember that correctly I, i'm i really think i'm a child of like the 40s <laughs> <laughs> well when you when you said do you remember do you remember the movie or wit no i'm sorry you said which movie was it and i got ready to answer back to the future too <laughs> 
<laughs> then Brent, Back the to worst, the Future 1, the and all. then number 3. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> what a callback. <laughs> oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> what was that? Oh, so anyway, yeah, the, that cabinet was in the... It was on the first trailer of games I bought. Yeah, okay. And one of the guys, I still talk to him to this day. Uh, I was texting with him just today, in fact. His son was just like, just born, newborn, and he's 18 years old now. Yeah, I see in that wild. So I've had that cabinet for like 18 years at this point. And I'd gone to do something with it. No, it's too nice. I'm not going to multi-game this. This is, there's something neat about this somebody will want this and when i finally decided to let it go i mean it was just like just when this person was looking for the cabinet and okay i i reached out to some locals that were into more obscure games and and it found a home really fast so no that's anyway that's awesome more to come on that yeah uh, I think I mentioned I had that Mr. Do's Wild Ride. I poured way more time into it than I wanted. The follow-up here is I talked about having ordered a marquee for it. And uh, you look distraught, Whitney. Is- I, I, I'm pulling up this website, and it's like I've never heard of this website in my life. Ar- I mean, ever. ArcadeMarquee.com. Yeah. That, so, that is brand new to me. So huh. I am probably going to get this wrong. Okay. But I am fairly certain this is what main marquees turned into. Turned into. Oh, okay. So years ago, I ordered some stuff, and I could forget the gentleman's name, for one of the very first multi-games I built that was in my personal game room long ago. Uh, you know, uh, let's just say 15 years ago because everything's 15 years to me apparently <laughs> <laughs> okay you ever seen that movie money pit with oh, tom oh, hanks yes oh it's every, hilarious every time they'd ask what time that how long the how two weeks yeah exactly <laughs> two weeks two weeks <laughs> so it, long ago i ordered a control panel overlay and a marquee for a multi-game and it seems like it, the gentleman's name was a scott or something like that and i actually did a write-up for him because he was just getting into doing control panel artwork and I needed to do like a compound curve. The top was going to curve up and the bottom was going to curve down. And I went through and, and told how I did it and how well his material performed just a straight up review and a few pictures. And he had it on his site years ago. He, if I recall my history correctly. His name's Scott, and I'm looking through some old emails. That's okay. his name. Oh, Scott. did you order from Main Marquis at oh, one point y- in time? Y- yes. Yes, I did at one point in time. Okay. Yeah. At one point in time, then, it, it changed. I think Scott still owned it or had it, and it got away from being Main Marquis. Because if memory serves, I'm going to try this right now. Mame, try it, Whitney. Mame, M-A-R... I think that's gone as a, as a URL. It probably is. I mean, if I could spell it, I, I'm looking through my email and uh, it went to Game on Graphics. It went to Game on Graphics. Okay, the last time that I had anything uh, from Main Marquis was back in uh, Game on Gra- well Game on Graphics in 2014, but uh, Main Marquis as as a domain was 2007. So yeah. So I wonder if I'm getting these all confused and I had I have bought from Game on Graphics 
after the the change from main marquees. Okay. Or they just grabbed the main marquees uh, uh, URL when it went open and just forwarded to their site. Whoever owns Game on Graphics. Yeah. Well, now that now that that may have very well happened. It very. Well I'd have to look through Game on Graphics here to see if some of these some of this artwork uh, is the same. No, so nonetheless, where's yeah. all this going? Yeah. I, I've actually ordered from Arcade Marquee a couple times. And I remember the process in that here's the marquee I want, mm-hmm. here's the dimensions I want, yeah. and then they'll send you a proof yeah. if it's outside of their standard dimension. And you know, like in the case of the one that I got from Mr. Do, it had like black bars on the side of it, like a jail bar effect or uh, a letterbox effect, like on a TV if you're watching something on a widescreen that's yeah. in an older format. Yep. And uh, I said, you know, can you change the scaling and just deal, you know, X and Y and equal? And what does that look like? So they worked with me, which was, which was awesome. Because when you looked at it, this was like a $20 marquee <laughs> and they put the, the gentleman, I have to go back and look at my email. He, he put time into it. He put more he, than $20 worth yeah, of time into it. Yeah. I was very, very happy. Yeah. Well, and, that's, and, okay. That's cool. Um, and, but the the note here is is if you order something from them that is of a size outside of their standard, uh-huh. and maybe even the standard, I don't know because I haven't. They that expect don't just wait. Ex, don't don't follow up. Don't not look at your email and expect it to show up in four days. You know you you're going to get a a proof email with an image to give a thumbs up or thumbs down before they print it. Okay, got okay. it. Okay, yeah. So it comes, it comes on a, like a plastic material. I'm sure there's a technical name for it that is, um, you know, if you look at it, 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 it's got good color and good contrast, but it obviously will let light through and it'll, it'll light up like a marquee. Mm -hmm. So you do have to provide your own Plex and I've done it both ways. I've used a single piece of thinner Plex and put it behind it Mm -hmm. and, kind of secured it with a little bit of scotch tape just at the the yeah like along the top and along yeah. the bo- <laughs> pardon me along the bottom yep or in the case of some cabinets they'll actually have like little plastic like c, c- channel that clips around the marquee kind of like as a space filler and i can use that to hold it on and I've also gone the route of getting two relatively thin pieces of Plex and sandwiching it between them. And even when I do that, I've taken a little piece of like scotch tape and like secured it so that when it, someone I or somebody takes it out, it just doesn't come apart. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. kind of a unit, one one piece, like a, a single unit. Yeah. But like I said, overall, for not being a factory print production screen printed type of a deal, I was really happy with it. Okay. You know, got it. You put a, a a light behind it and to me for what I was doing, it looked great and there's my follow up on it. I would definitely recommend using uh arcademarquee.com if okay. if somebody has a need. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm going to have to look through the site. I mean, I'm on their store right now and there's I mean, they they've got a lot of product. There's no doubt about it. But yeah, I've just never had any experience with with these with this uh, company at all. So I'm gonna have to look through it. If you look, this is the tie that kind of can kind of gets me back, and I guess gets maybe gets me confused with the old main marquees. But if you look at uh, arcade marquees, they have some generic like multi-game art uh-huh. 
And that's the art that was very common that May Marquise printed a lot of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And when I did my very first Mame cabinet, I got some of the artwork for it from Mame Marquise. So, it, it, and it was it was generic. It yeah. was pretty generic artwork. But yeah, that's what they were kind of quote unquote famous for back in the days when I was, when I was spending a lot of time on the build your own arcade controls forum and you know in in the main the the main i guess craze their main cabinet craze was it was was really in in fairly high gear it, i mean as if it's not right now but still i'm hoping I, did i link the right thing because i'm not you did, seeing you did. I, I'm, I'm on the site yeah but i'm looking back for i'm in i'm under arcade marquees and i was trying to find the list of all the games they had marquees for i, I don't see a list i just see it uh, they've just got a string of alpha you know of the alphabet letters and then you just have to pick the game based upon the first letter okay that, so, that's anyway, the way so that where, I'm seeing it. where are you seeing that at I'm under I'm on I'm on arcademarquee.com uh, under store click on store then Marquee. oh 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 yeah. I, okay I, I'm I'm under that's it there it is yeah, yeah. I was under <laughs> I was we, under we surf the web with the best oh of them oh my dude. gosh this is welcome to yeah. episode 99 uh-huh. of Brent and Whitney yes. surf the web surfing the web with Brent and Whitney exactly I was just under like <laughs> from their homepage I was under categories and it just gives you like samples yeah okay and yeah. I, did, I didn't click the store and um yeah getting getting into the store here yes, yes. i mean they've got yeah. everything oh they've got a lot <laughs> yeah they've got all oh, they've got kinds all kinds of, of all kinds of stuff there so yeah i'm gonna have to invest invest a little time in looking through there looking through their store just to see what see what all they do have but it there's there's a lot so that finished up the mr do and it's gone yeah. Oh, well, good. Yeah, good. It's, it's gone. Yeah. It has left the building. Yeah. I don't know how much I mentioned about the old mate tracks that I had that was in the, <laughs> the, the Mr. Do was in the Defender cab. Yep. The make, so I had these two Williams cabs sitting here, the Mr. Do that was in the Defender cab, and I had this make tracks cabinet, and it had been converted to a bootleg mispack, and I'd pulled it out, and it actually was going to sell it to somebody. I, I don't recall how much of the story I, I told, and they ended up not taking it because they it was they were looking for their first game and it was going to be a lot it, the, the barrier to entry was high because you had the monitor and the cabinet and the joystick but you had to as someone new to it do everything else put in a jamma harness put in a power supply figure out the ac side of the power everything yeah you yeah. know when i looked in it it was complete. Uh, the harness wasn't even cut up, and it, the best what what I had assumed the best that that I had assumed, and what ended up being the case was is that it looked like the pinout or the the number of pins for that bootleg board matched the make track pins, and it was one of those Molex edge connectors that had the split pins like Atari used quite a bit. And when they converted it, they just pulled all the pins out, okay. put all the pins in the right position for that bootleg pack, miss pack, because Mate Tracks is just a four-way joystick and two buttons, yeah. you know, player one, player two, and they they just rearranged the the the, the connector, and that yeah. was it. Yeah, they didn't okay. cut anything. They didn't molest anything. All the factory power supply was still in it. I just pulled all the all the wires out of the edge connector and got a make tracks manual and just repinned it, put it all back together. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. I uh, rebuilt the power supply, rebuilt 
the monitor. The monitor was still in it. You know, it had a little Miss Pike burn. Yeah. Dude, that's a lot of work for make tracks. I know. It's a lot of I know. work. Yeah. I mean, what notes did I, I so my note I said, so I poured all of that into a make track shaped cabinet <laughs> and made a make tracks. And yeah. It was, a make, you said a, a make tracks shaped box, box that's yeah, right box. and then you shook it yeah. and then a make tracks came out <laughs> and, and i had to track the board down too because when i oh. saw how complete this cabinet was i mentioned to the the friend of mine <laughs> whose buddy was looking at this cabinet i said i told him i'd sell it yeah and if he wants it it's his yeah now let me ask you after you did all this work no it's not worth it <laughs> yes it's definitely not worth it but did you play it and then get mad at yourself after playing it because I, it's like i've played matrix and it just not it's not my yeah yeah it's not not my cup of tea you know yeah. so all right I was, I was just curious let me just put it this way it's gone okay and well fair it enough went to somebody that needs and there'll be more on this coming in future shows oh, okay but just the hint here is it went to someone that needs uh some classic games okay to be represented okay fair enough so yeah all right well, now, good. i didn't That's go good. as far as stripping the paint off of it <laughs> yeah. it had this blue paint on it yeah Oddly enough, it was the exact same blue paint. It was was on the uh, Mr. Do's Wild Ride in the Defender's Cabinet. Yeah. Because they probably, they came from the same place. All I can say, Brennan, wouldn't God love you? <laughs> I, I had these cabinets in different parts of the garage for five or six or who knows, 15 years at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I never realized they were the exact same shade of blue until I had them side by side. And then it hit me. I was like... Huh. Those came from the same place, and that's the exact same shade of blue. <laughs> they must. Whoever did that did those on the same day. They got, yeah. Somebody got a deal on some blue paint. <laughs> yeah, they did. Same brush, probably, or same roller. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and I had to wire the coin door. I mean, the coin door was it was missing. I had a coin door I put in it, and the connector was there. It was just unplugged. It wasn't yeah. even cut. Yeah. So, it was just a Molex connector. I. I wired a coin door into it and even made the coin counter work, Whitney, because I'm that kind of guy. I, I, Nobody I know. cares. I, I know. Nobody cares. Yeah, no, but no one in 2021 is looking at the coin counter no. on make tracks. No, no. I can look in the bucket. The answer is four. It got four four coins. It got four coins. Yes, when it was new, Brent. Not a week after it was it was on the floor. Just when it was Poor new. Make, somebody's out there now deleting us from because oh, they make tracks is their game. Yeah, because it's their game. Check the world. Look up the world record hole for make tracks and make sure we don't know them uh, i think it's actually walter day it, that's right i it's, forgot it's walter day yeah i forgot that i yeah. so, sorry walter oh my gosh <laughs> sorry we walter we love i know you. he's we just, good but i know he's good at it and that was his game but is he the actual world record holder? Well, he was for he a was? he was for a long time i know that i mean i haven't looked lately i'm saying that i'm saying that based upon prior knowledge okay we used to know somebody that had that game in their location specifically because they were friends with Walter. That's exactly and it was right. Walter's game. It was Walter's game, and and it was a beautiful make tracks. It is as near as I remember for make tracks for make tracks. Yes. So to wrap that up, it's gone. If okay. I hadn't already mentioned it, it's yeah. gone. It, it is as well as the Mister Deuce Wild Ride, and that brings me to Battle Zone. So uh, I pulled that sucker out. It was playing blind. It needs some odds and ends. And I've poured a lot of effort into this too, Whitney. And this is the yeah. 
but that's a but but it's a good game <laughs> i mean i've got one of my own game yeah room. i mean I, right I, I like battle zone it's it, well what i like should not be the criteria for <laughs> a good game or not but i don't I mean, think but i don't call well <laughs> hey, hey now but i don't think my tastes are that far off you know but yes, battles back to the future too. It's all I've got to say. <laughs> it's the best. Oh, why do I do this show? <laughs> Rebuilt the monitor on it. And I threw yeah. it up for sale. It was a working playing game. And it, it here, so here's a lesson learned. I rebuilt the monitor. The monitor had, had great sharp. It well, not sharpness. And this is the reason why I didn't, it was very bright. It was very vivid. But it was also very fuzzy, and the the image was ginormous, and that's what's typically called blooming. It was just, it it literally looked like Battle Zone on a balloon, and you'd blown the balloon up, and it stretched everything out. And, okay, and, I mean, did it did it have a it had the curve to it and everything like? Oh, that? Oh, it was it had everything. It had everything it, everything yeah. was ginormous. You couldn't get it uh, shaped, or you couldn't get it into the dimensions of the display it, the vectors were just not as sharp as they should be it was all curved out it just was a, a wreck and that is a symptom of a bad high voltage diode okay so th- over time those things have come and gone in terms of what you could do to get them they are available and actually we'll open this box here in a minute that's part of the unboxing oh okay you can get those now. They're they're sold. They're like eighteen bucks a piece from Arcade Shop. All right. So if you if you need a, a a high voltage diode for your black and white vector game, Arcade Shop is 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 your go to there. All right. Like I said, we're running about eighteen bucks. Link in the show notes. Now the the thing to be aware of is the original high voltage diodes on these black and white games. They go between the anode cup, mm-hmm. that suction cup looking dealy that yep. goes on, on the back of your tube. On the back of the tube, yep. And the flyback. Yep. They do go in a specific way. Don't put them in backwards because mm-hmm. you'll just, you'll, you might you'll, as well just roll up a $20 you, bill. You'll waste your $18 and yeah. burn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So make sure you put it in the right way. Yeah. And I haven't had to deal with this yet because when I put the high voltage diode in this, I happen to have some new old stock ones available. So the 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 way that these are set up is there's little cups that's in the in the wire between the flyback and the anode cap. You pull those apart and there's little springs in them. And when you look at the diode, the diode has a little like a little leg, almost like a component leg, like a cap or resistor leg sticking out and bent over. Okay. So what happens is, is when you jam those cups on the ends of the diode, those springs come in contact with that leg, and that's what completes the path. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. The newer ones have actual leads off of them, and I, what people do is they'll cut all that back, they'll solder the leads into the wire. And then they'll cover the wire with something that can have that can deal with the high voltage, so that the okay. so you don't have a leak in a and it sparks itself. It jumps over to ground like inside the high voltage cage. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So yeah, it, you can get a you, there's a solution available, but just be aware it's not necessarily a plug and play solution. And you know, I'd, I'd have to go back and look. I want to say that the little leads that I mentioned on the factory ones, the original ones. 
I think they exit kind of at the edge and then that way they can fold over and there's a lot of surface area there mm-hmm. as opposed to where these leads, I'm pretty sure they exit in the center of the end of the diode. So you don't have a lot of room if you bend it over. Um, you may be able to take and put like a little curly cue in it, like a little ring, like bend it in a circle, then mm-hmm. cut off the exit. I don't, I don't know. I, I haven't, I, I've got the parts I haven't had to use them yet. I wanted to go ahead and get them because I had an order in and I wanted to have some available yeah, since I've yeah. got black and white vector. They're not used in the cinematronics games, but you know, I've got a, uh, I've got the battle zone. I've got an Atari or a crud, an Atari. Ast- that's asteroids. Right. And asteroids. Yeah. Eventually, maybe one day I'll get to my Omega race. So I just, I wanted to have a couple and while I could get them, I went ahead and got them. We've had yeah. that conversation a bunch, oh, yeah. Whitney. Yeah. You know? yeah. 70% of what I buy is, is future, future intentions. Future proofing yeah, yourself. Future proofing yeah. yourself. Yes. So I, I got a little, little action on the game, but honestly it, it needed the joysticks rebuilt. It needed a six by nine cabinet speaker and the step was workable, but it wasn't the prettiest. It was a 20 footer, Whitney. It looked great at 20 feet, but as you got up on the step, it's like, <laughs> ah, I see a little Bondo, you know, in those quarter panels. Yeah, so yeah. people, people didn't want to take it and put a little sweat equity in it. So I was like, fine. So I took it down from the groups and, um, I ordered Wizzy's workshop battle zone grommets or actually he calls them bellows and i think the factory atari name was a bellow yeah imagine a imagine a a standard joystick grommet but about twice the size okay okay now here's the interesting thing i in in a show long ago i told a tale of two other battle zones well, actually, one of them is my battle zone. I had another. I had two battle zones at a prior time. Yeah. The second battle zone is is long since gone. It got it went to a little arcade expo and w- was sold to a fellow collector years ago. Okay. Maybe fifteen at this point. Who knows? Yeah. So, I had some new old stock Atari Bellows, and I had to get. A, a set of Wizzy's Workshop Bellows. And I don't know if you remember this, Whitney, but I had those two games back-to-back here, and you oh, actually yeah. got up and yeah. tried them. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah. You actually liked the feel of the Wizzy's Workshop Bellows better. Yeah, yep. And those were the ones that were in the game that I sold. My game has the new old stock Atari Bellows in it. Okay. So I ordered the Wizzy's Workshop Bellows, and they showed up, and they're different. So if you look at the picture that he's got on his site, it's of a more of a pale white material. And it just, if you look at the picture, and this is the, how the ones that showed up a couple years ago looked, um, they just had this look to them. If you look at, if you follow the link in the, in the show notes, you can see it. You can, you can tell it just has this kind of this pale white kind of milk look to it. Yeah. Whereas yeah. the ones that showed up, it, the material was a different color. It was more of a, a tan or I, I don't know if people outside of the U.S. this even makes any sense, but it had almost like the color of like an ace elastic banded, banded, band-aid, bandage. Yeah, yeah. And you could tell that whatever the base material was, it was poured like in a mold. And I could tell that from the original too. None of this is a knock because the product is awesome. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
you could tell it was like a poured material and the the new bellow that i got was also i could tell that it was poured you could just look at the finish and like on the back side like there was a little bubble okay it's no big deal this is not a knock at all but whatever his new process is there was also some sort of machining component to it because i don't remember the old um there was a tool mark where you could tell like it was um the the center where the joystick shaft would go through was was cut to spec okay and i don't remember that being in the old one i don't remember the old one from a few years ago i mean it went right in played great had a great feel yeah you chose it yep. better over the two. Oh yeah again not a product knock at all but i guess where i'm going is is the product is still awesome it looks like there's been a revamp to it i ordered the set they're eleven dollars each because okay. it's you you that same stick is used in some like um is it uh, Roadrunner and Coyote or Roadrunner? It was a System One game. It was there was a it was a single stick. Yeah, but it was like blue. Okay, and it was the same mold as what's on Battles. Oh, I, I see. Okay, exactly yeah. the same. Okay, so he sells them in singles. They're eleven bucks. It was twenty two bucks for these things. They were here like in two days, and they went right in and they worked awesome. Hmm. Okay. So not a not none of what i said was a knock at all the product is is still great and like i said i'm i feel that he's made updates to it so there's a link in our show notes to his battle zone parts page he actually only has a few things online and the only arcade stuff really is the the battle zone parts he offers the grommets and then he he went ahead i guess he'd rebuilt the game i can't remember the story but he'd figured out the proper color gels that were used on the monitor to give you the green and the red so he also offers those pre-cut ready to go and i I bought a set for him from him that's what's on my game now actually if i recall correctly okay so got it there's a there's a link out to his product page and again like i said they don't look like the atari bellows the atari bellows was actually had a metal outer ring and if i and if i recall correctly a metal inner ring and some sort of like rubber material like in a kind of a curved configuration between those two rings his is all whatever this modern resin is it works like a charm goes right in and does, it, it, does it, plays, it does the job and plays awesome yeah yeah and it's, it was 22 bucks yeah well and it, what's interesting about his his shop is that he's only got like four products I and mean, they're all totally dis- and dissimilar they're, and they're all very dissimilar yeah. and but but they're it's like the only place you can go to get that product it, it, there's there's no alternative to what whiz has yes yeah it's it's kind of odd in that regard so if you're in if you have a battle zone or if you have the road a road runner which i think was an atari system one i believe it was yes and i want to say that in the back of my mind there was a third game that also used that bellow and mm. i can't recall if it used the same stick as battle zone but in yet a different color you you may be out there you you may know do you it do you think it was red baron 
It was Red Baron. I think it was Red Baron. I think it was Red Baron. I think it was Red Baron. I believe you're right. I think it was Red Baron, but with a single stick. With a single stick. Yep. Yep. And you you had, I think Red Baron, you didn't have just forward and back like you do on a battle zone. No, I mean, you could. It was a joystick. It it was a joystick because because of the way you were flying, you could, you know, you could pitch, you could yaw, you could do all of that. Yeah. So I guess Red Baron 2 would have the same centering bellow in it. Yep, yep. Moral of the story, don't be afraid to buy one. Yeah. Okay. Good. Don't look at it and think, what is that? It looks kind because of, it, it's the picture looks kind of it's different. Yeah. It works a treat. Yeah. Well, good. So, That's good yeah, to don't know. Don't be afraid of it. Good to know. I did go ahead and track down a speaker for it and I recovered the step. And I, but I, so I still have it. It's listed but, back up for sale. I was going to say, but it's still for sale, though. Yeah. Right? It's still for sale. Yeah. yeah okay. I still got it. Yeah. Good deal. And the, the the next thing I've kind of gotten myself into, I mentioned this earlier, and this will get into our unboxing, was a Nintendo versus cab, which was a converted DK Junior. So it's the orange oh, cab. I know what you've got in that box now. Yes, you do. I do. Yes. <laughs> now, now, now that I've put two and two together, I know what you got in the box. Yeah. So this thing had been pillaged, okay, yeah. <laughs> and it's been. I, yeah. I, I, it had a monitor uh, hanging in it. Okay. And uh, was it a Sanyo or was? Oh it yeah, yeah. It didn't oh. have a Sanyo in okay. it, but you know, right. it was. It, it was just. It was, the whole thing was a basket case. I mean, even the speaker was out of it. Yeah. As luck would have it, I actually had a Sanyo speaker from a Nintendo cabinet elsewhere in my pile of parts. So, right. poor Donkey Kong gave it up. Oh. <sighs> Well, it was Donkey Kong. I, um, <laughs> so I pieced the monitor back together, rebuilt it, rejuvenated it. It actually looked pretty nice. Yeah. You had helped. I hadn't had an opportunity to use this yet. You had got me the Crafty Mech. Oh, the cable kit. The cable kit. Oh, man. Aren't they, aren't they the bomb? And I pulled. I was like, wait a minute. I have the right cable. I yeah. pulled it out, plugged yeah. it in, and I had it running on my bench. Yeah. So that's, that's word it. to the wise, those 100-volt monitors. Yep. I know over time, Whitney and I have talked about making test rigs, and Whitney had oh. a whole... Oh. Uh-oh. Oh. Now, talk about... Te- not not to interrupt you, okay, but I will say no, this. Feel free. Uh, we, got, so we got an email in for the mailbag talking about wanting to talk about test rigs. Oh, okay. And um, yes, so... And, and I have even revised my test rig specifically for Nintendo items as well. Oh, even right. Even past what I did down at SFGE, because I, I pulled that apart and redid it again. But I'm sorry, continue on. It just well, it just made me think about further down in the show. That's well, all. This, this actually sparked a memory, which is only related in my weird mind, to circle back to the battle zone. When I did the step, I happened to have a little spool, a little length of textured black tea molding. Now that game actually has smooth tea molding on it. <laughs> Your dislike yeah. for textured tea molding. Oh yeah, it knows no bounds. Knows no bounds. It knows as, no as, bounds. As after all these years, I mean, how long have I known you, Whitney? What, fifteen years? Yeah. After all these years, I think that that's a potential show title. Fifteen years. <laughs> that might be. Yeah. Put that in there, and we'll we'll, we'll have to flip a coin. We'll have to side. flip a coin. Yeah. Uh, I did not know. I knew you just like for clowns, and, and I've 
uh, I did not know your dislike for texture team oh, yeah. and I'm actually considering at some point playing a terrible joke on you where I take Ziggy the Clown and I wrap him in texture team molding well, and trap you in a room with him. Oh, well, hold on. <laughs> Victor Marland, our friend over in the UK, did almost that over Twitter this month. Oh, and it, but that's further on <laughs> in the did? show. Okay. Yes, right. yes, he did. So Vic, I, Victor, Victor call, called it pretty darn close. Yeah. So I got a text, and you may have gotten it too. And I'm gonna, I'm not gonna mention this gentleman's name, but it sounds a lot like um, uh, Ike Arton. <laughs> Just it, Ike Arton. It might yeah. rhyme with. It isn't, but his yeah. name isn't Ike Arton. But no. it might be something like an Ike Arton. Yeah. And he said, "Leather tea molding to Whitney is like." Plastic cover over a sofa. Yes, definitely seat, that. Seat covers on a new Corvette. Oh, oh, there's no doubt about that. Or drinking draft beer from a plastic cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, draft beer from plastic. Yeah, yeah, it's like that too. Yeah. So, yeah, I've, I'd forgotten about that. Yes. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Ike. Yeah, appreciate that, Ike. Yes, <laughs> Ike I, did, I did get the text. I just hadn't read it yet. But I need to let Ike. <laughs> Ike Arton. So it's, I, sounds I, like it says a lot like Ike Arton. It does. I need to let Ike know he's on point. <laughs> <laughs> That's his new name, seriously. That could hey, be you heard from Ike lately? <laughs> Uh, that's we awesome. might have a, we might have a third possible show <laughs> time. Yeah, Ike yeah. Arton. Yeah, have you heard from Mike? Yeah. <sighs> okay, so yeah, the the Nintendo. So yeah, I pieced the monitor back together, and hundred it's hundred volt. So in my travels, I've actually got one of those power sections from the bottom <laughs> of a Nintendo cabinet. You know the. <laughs> Are you all right, Whitney? Yeah, it's that's just funny. <laughs> it. If if you haven't seen it, it it's I guess it's their equivalent of like the power brick, like mm. in the bottom of an Atari. Yeah. And it's yeah. this wooden kind of dealio where on one side it, it's kind of I don't know, Whitney, it's kinda like a T shape. The wood, it's got a it, base with an upright. Yeah, it's it's more it's more triangular than it's it's the top part of a triangle than yeah. it than it is T, really. Well but, the sides are triangular because that's like the gussets to hold it up. To hold it up. And yeah. Then, on the vertical bar it's like a t upside down and on the vertical bar of the t inside those triangular gussets is their switching power supply yeah, yeah, and yeah. on the opposite side is their transformer yeah, the iso transformer and yeah. then on one end of it the power comes in on the iso transformer side and on the very far side of it on the other side you got the output is the output yeah. where the the, uh, the on the side where the switching power supply is it looks like a non-grounded receptacle, uh-huh. and that's where the monitor plugs in yep. and the marquee plugs in. Correct. The marquee light, yes. Because the marquee and the monitor and those the Sanyo monitors and the, the Nintendo marquees are both 100 both volt. Of the, both of those are 100 volt, yes. So it, it's input 110, 120 US, or I guess whatever your, whatever your locale it, it, is. It, it'll, it'll go, yeah, it could actually go up to 230, 240. It'll take that uh, and step it down, That's too. right. Now that... It, I, uh, you you have you have to move a jumper on the inside on of the, it. That's right. Yeah. I, uh, on the on the input side uh-huh. where the power cord comes in, uh-huh. you've got a zero for your neutral. Yeah. And then you've got multiple inputs for your hot, and you yeah. can move it over. You can, you can move it over. You can jumper it over. Right. Yeah. Yep. 
So yeah, if you're going to plug in a Sanyo, I, I have a spare one of those power sections out of a Nintendo cabinet that I've acquired in my travels. Yep. No, I didn't destroy a Donkey Kong. Yeah. It, it was it came from somewhere I already had it. Yeah. And that's what I use down here in the basement in my shop. I just pull it out and plug it into the wall and then I've got my 100 volt out. Yeah, I need to um well, when when I read this through the mailbag and it's that feedback is actually going to give both of us a little bit of homework to do if we're going to if we're going to honor the request, which I think we should. I mean, it's it's a it's a fair ask. And it would be fun to do. But what I I did much the same as you, Brent, is I took uh, just the spare innards of a Nintendo power supply and I took it all off that piece of wood mm-hmm. every single bit of it I dismantled the entire thing and then I re then I reassembled it well I, I reorganized it and reassembled it and put it all down to like a small I, I'm gonna say uh 10 inch by 10 inch square block okay and, and then so much smaller footprint oh, overall much yeah. smaller footprint and, and all did I, you keep the switcher? Uh, no. Oh, you no. just need you just wanted the hundred volt. I just wanted the hundred volt, okay. it, yeah. the, the ISO transformer, and everything. And I put and I'm, I, I mean, I condensed it down to a really small piece of wood, and then I put a essentially a light switch or yeah. you know a, a switch on it to where you can turn it on and turn it off. And then it, it literally, I just pick it up by the ISO with my hand because it, it palms perfectly in your hand. And just pick it up and carry it with me everywhere I want to go, and then just set it down. And then you can plug your you know, or set it on your bench, and you can plug your monitor into it. There's no safer way to run a Sanyo monitor than that. And trust me, I've tried other things, and it's you just need to go with that. When I pulled this out, because I've I've had this down on the shelf kind of in the back here forever and i don't have to use it that often i didn't have an a plug on it a line cord on it it so i went through it and to even back up a little more my my power plant if you will for a normal monitor with uh, you know a, a 110 slash 120 volt one-to-one isolation transformer that I have on a board that I would use to power like a Geo 7 or a Wells K7000 or something, I've got a push button switch on it. It's got a fuse in it. It's all on a little probably four by eight piece of wood. It's it's ISO. I've got a, a push button switch. I've got a fuse. I've got uh, my my line in that I can wrap and set on top of it and yeah. I just put it up on a shelf. Yeah, oh yeah. It's handy. It's handy. Handy. And actually, when it comes out, it comes out to a three-position Molex for a little bit more of a modern monitor. Yeah. Then I just have a selection of uh, breakouts. Kind of so pig, pigtails yeah. for it. So yeah. I go to a two-position yep. with a flying ground that yeah. I clip on or I can go uh, I can go two-position Molex, two-position amp. Yeah. And then even for a monitor where I've had it someone's cut it off i could even go bare wire and wire nut it to get it running kind of quick kind of quick you know? yeah no that's all, that's that's so fairly close to what i've yeah. got as well so yeah. i pull this thing out for the nintendo and i don't have any of that and and i sat there and i studied it and i was like i should i could put a switch here i could do this and at the end of the day what i end up doing is i took a pc power cord cut it off um talked about the where you can jumper in at the end for your input voltage just went right into it just like it was in the cabinet and then i extended the uh, um 
the ground, the third pin. So I could, cause I always like to have that, you know, I clip it on with an alligator clip and it was safe, but it wasn't as handy as what I have with my regular monitors and what you've got in redoing it where you've got an actual switch. Yeah. Because yeah. I was just, I've got a power supply a power strip on the side of my bench and that's what i was using are you texting me my phone is blowing uh, up. That, that's ike is that ike yeah, i was gonna say is, is, is it you and ike going back and forth he, he's, he's adding to the list is he yeah i so my phone is vibrating on the table and i've got a fitbit and it's going crazy on yeah. my hip i can't decide if i'm having a conniption yeah. or what no I, ike's adding to the list of things uh that, that stoke my ire and he says <laughs> uh he says anything leopard print and i, I do agree with that <laughs> oh my and then, Gosh, I, then I responded to him and said, and all Pepsi products as well. So, <laughs> What? <laughs> I don't drink like a lot of soda. Yeah. But I take a Pepsi over Coke any day. Mm, no, nope, nope, yeah, nope, well, nope, nope. I mean, look, you like Donkey Kong and Back to the Future 2. Your hey, taste isn't uh, that good. Hey, I'm telling you, <laughs> I, I, I stick to it all is what I do. So, yeah, I, I that's a good idea. I, 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 I don't know how much I'm going to use this because I don't work on the Nintendo stuff that often. And it's not as handy, but I don't know. I haven't decided if it if if it makes a difference. If it if it's worth me spending some time to revamp it. Yeah, understood. I don't do as much Nintendo as you do. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. Maybe more to come on that. So in piecing this all together, I was like I said, it was sort of a basket case or sort of a, an empty basket case. One of the things I had to deal with is um, I had to deal with the final last bit of ribbon cable like on a nintendo you come out of the wire harness and you've got like a squarish like molex i don't even know what kind of connectors they used but you had this nintendo always had like 47 connectors like when you go to the coin door you come out of the main harness with this square molex like connector then it connects into something that goes down to like a dot 100 inline pitch yeah. connector that then plugs into the female side of that dude and goes why is all that in there i don't know it's just it's just the way they decided it's the to way do they it. did it it's well the, the video's like it. that it goes through like 47 connectors uh-huh. and wraps around the globe three times yeah i i needed I, I had to make up that last bit of what they use as a like a ribbon cable that's that dot one pitch that is the final video in mm-hmm. that connects and so i had to make that up the uh, audio in and out was kind of missing or wasn't kind of it was so i'm i'm having to make that up and i'm really trying to do it in a way i don't have those connectors i've got tons and tons of connectors yeah but i'm 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 doing everything i can i'm not going to cut the harness up yeah because i'm going to sell this thing but down the road somebody might want it and might have those pieces or might decide that it's worth a full versus conversion restoration and there's no reason for me to start cutting off the ends because i don't have all the matching connectors so i'm going through all that right now on the audio side the it's looking like it i've got enough pieces to make it a super mario brothers which i think is preferable in in the versus world at least like to the mat the masses Mm -hmm. to the public yeah so it looks like it's going to be super mario brothers now what's in the box I think that is, you know, I don't want, well, you want me to ruin it or not? Uh, yeah, go, go, go ahead and ruin yeah, it I, I think, while I'm making some adjustments uh, over here. Fair I, enough. I just thown myself on mute yeah. <laughs> so I could move stuff around to get this box up here. Yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be some Asahi Seiko Coin Max is what it's going to be. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. I, these are from Arcade Shop. Uh-huh. So 
uh, how can I open this without? I don't have. Oh, wait a minute, I've got some keys over. Need, here. need a box cutter? Do you have a box cutter? Bring I do, me a box I do cutter. Have a box over. cutter. Yeah. Don't. Do you, when you just pulled a knife on me. Yeah. This is this is getting rough. Yeah. Ninety nine episodes, and this is where it goes. <laughs> this is what we finally come down. That could be a show title. Whitney pulled a knife on me. <laughs> so, the it had a Sahi Seiko. Thank you, sir. Yep. Coin Mex in it, but again, this thing had been pillaged quite a bit. So. Um, and now he's handed me this thing. I got to figure. Oh, I guess there's a push button. I mean, I got it. I got yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to open it because if I open it, then I need to close it. Yeah. So, yep. I yeah. get it. Yeah. Yep. So, Arcade Shop has Nintendo style roll down coin mechs. And you and I talked about this a little bit in text, Whitney. Nintendo yeah. had or used a couple, at least two flavors maybe more maybe, the, maybe even more of yeah. the uh, oh my gosh this thing's full of packing peanuts yeah of the asahi say say it asahi seiko version roll down coin mechs uh-huh. so at the end of the day they function the same but they are and they look very similar but they but are different styles they are different it's mm-hmm. almost kind of like the difference between a 1969 firebird and a 1970 firebird while they are both firebirds and they do share some parts and they do kind of look similar they are different mm-hmm. at their core yeah so these are Nintendo style. Oh, roll so, down. So they're not a Seiko. They, they are not. But but they are in the vein of a yeah. Nintendo coin mech. So like actually, if you can read that, it just says the box is just it just says coin selector. Yeah, it just says coin selector, doesn't it? It does. Interesting. Okay. So here's why I went with this is I have used uh, and, and changed out, seen, had my hands on various roll-down coin mech style coin mechs. And if you look in a lot of modern uh, coin-op equipment, they'll use a roll-down type coin mech, and they'll even be uh, electronic in that you can... I don't know if you've ever seen one of these, Whitney. You see them a lot in the, in the new skee-ball machines and the new... Uh, Papa shot type machines. You they're, they're electronic in that there's a little sliding door and you can put whatever type of coinage you want in it. Okay. So it doesn't matter if it's foreign coinage, if you're in a country other than the US, if you're using tokens, if you're using a quarter, you slide this little door up, you put the to- your coinage of, of choice in it, drop the door down, and then from that point on, that it will only accept that diameter of a coin. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, okay. And it does whatever it does electronically. You know, it does a, compar- a comparison electronically. Well, those, they're, those, I've had those, and they have a different face plate dimension for the bolts than asahi seiko has and the nintendo door has okay okay so the reason i ordered these from arcade shop was these are billed as nintendo style and they were in the nintendo section so my assumption hopefully correctly and we'll have to do a follow-up on this is that they do fit right into the coin <laughs> they, door. they bolt straight in they yeah. go right in exactly yeah. yep. they're they're not they're not different so let me open this plastic up here and we'll we'll do a kind of i mean from the from the hip whitney i've got two of these you'll have to come take this yeah and take a peek at it but yeah from, I, I am anxious from the hip i mean honestly whitney this looks like 
it, I don't want to say cheap because mm-hmm. it's it's all metal. Yeah, there is some differences, but this looks like a a copy of at least one flavor with some slight differences of of uh, the Asahi Seiko, Asahi Seiko Queen Mex that I've seen. Yeah. But does it feel like one? It probably does not. I'm going to say no. The, yeah. the, the front panel feels a little thinner. Yeah. Uh, the metal's nice. It's all metal. It's nicely, I think I'd say this was zinc coated. It's yeah. nicely coated. Um, it's got the same sort of a kind of that side door. I don't know how to describe it if you've never seen one of these. The Asai Seikos kind of have these two panels that fit together mm-hmm. and they hinge at the top mm-hmm. with this piece of spring steel. And I mean, the the when you push the reject button, it f- opens one of the, the door out a little bit against that spring tension. I'm pushing on it. Yeah. And that's, that's what frees the coin. It's a little thinner than, than I think an Asai Seiko would be, the metal. Yeah. But I mean, overall, though, it feels it's a solid unit. I'm yeah. trying to flex it. I mean, it's not flexing or bending. I'm, I'm sure that once it's installed, it's an afterthought. But, it, but when if you, you want to come grab it, yeah, and, yeah, if you don't mind, yeah, come here and grab but, it. But once, but if you had one side by side, you would probably see. Yeah, the differences. you could see the difference yeah. in it. Yeah, come over here and grab it, Whitney. So this is also supposed to be adjustable for any types of coinage. Uh, there you go, Whitney. Give it, a, give it a shot. Take it back to, take it back to your place over there. Don't just sit here and. Oh, I can definitely tell. You can tell. Yeah. Now I can hear you. I don't know if anybody else can hear you. I can, I can definitely. Tell. Take it over there and give your, give your opinion on it. Yeah, I mean it's, and it, it, it wasn't, it, it was billed as Nintendo style. Yeah. Oh, and I just reached into the bag, Whitney, and there it's got, it's got bolts to mount it, and this is kind of. Um, you, you know, the deal with a Nintendo is they've got carriage bolts. They're metric. Uh-huh. They're smaller than your your standard bolt that you're going to find in an American game. And they're also smooth. They don't have any kind of foundry mark on the head. And that's what these are. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if I saw these laying on a table and didn't know any better, I would have thought these were right out of a Nintendo. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I full well full well believe that. I mean, in looking at this, it it looks like it is 97%. That seems rather specific. Yeah, it's. I'm saying it that way simply because it it has some marked differences, but but are they enough to really matter to nine, the other 97 percent of the people that would ever you know come across it? No, and it's definitely in the same. It's definitely in the same family as as the later. This would definitely be a later model of Sai Seiko with the loop, with the loop coin catch with the loop coin return catch, but. Mm-hmm. But still, I mean, it's not. It doesn't look bad at all, and especially once it's installed, I, I really don't think you're. I really don't think anybody would truly care. Uh, but yeah. So I guess the moral of the story is: is if you're doing a restoration, that would work. These are nineteen. I mean, it would, it would these work. are nineteen dollars. Yeah, they're it like, would work. They're like. I say nineteen dollars. I think they were eighteen ninety nine or eight. They're eighteen dollars ninety five cents each. Yeah. Okay. Well, what I will do. It, it that is nicer than I expected for nineteen dollars. Yes. Yes. Agree. Period. Agree. Well, actually, it's far nicer than I would have expected for nineteen dollars. What I will do though is I will take a picture of this and I, I have some brand new, true Asahi Seikos at 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 the house. I'll take a picture of both of them and uh, 
then then we can we can just kind of see them side by side bubble wrap yeah so well i guess the kind of moral of the story for listeners that may not remember or her new listeners when you were working on skyskipper you actually keep me honest here you reached out to the local office the u.s i say local the u.s asahi seiko office which is still a thing still a thing yeah and you got a hold of somebody that was willing to and they did they went out in the storage they had and found the last yes original old school roll down asahi seiko coin mechs or so they t- or so they, they or so they said that so they said that so they said that yes and they put them in a box and i paid i paid them for them and they shipped them to me and i and i i, I would have to go back and look at that i think i got either six or eight at, at that in, in one pass there but they they said well i've got this quantity and i said just ship them all to me just i i, I want them all you so, know so yeah so short of old stock parts that come from a, a vendor or a um you know the our vendor or a, a, a crowd distributor or perhaps a, an operator you you should if unless they find more you've got what was left or so they said or so they said unless yeah. they find more yeah right. unless they were to find more yeah so you know if you're hunting parts i mean stuff's always out there oh, yeah. but if you were if you're looking for I just, i'll just say it close enough yeah oh yeah close enough that, you know that's that's a fine yeah that's yeah, a fine i, I don't i don't have heartburn putting this in a versus cabinet because at the end of the day if you know to, a versus cabinet a, a single monitor versus cabinet is a conversion mm-hmm. it's a factory conversion and it's a pretty substantial one because you actually get a template that you set on the side of the cabinet and you drill holes mm-hmm. because you turn the monitor 90 degrees correct you know uh, well, Popeye is already horizontal. Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Junior are vertical games, and three is as well. And yeah. three is as well. Three yeah. is a kid anyway. Yeah, three is a kid anyway. Right. That's true. Yeah. So you're you're already in it, yeah. If you will, oh, yeah. you're, you're yeah. making ma- mas- massive changes to the cabinet yeah. to put a versus game in it, unless you already had a Popeye. Yeah. I, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, Popeye, Mario Brothers, and all the verses. Yeah, I mean, there's really not that many vertical. Yeah, Scott Skipper's horizontal as well. There's not that many vertical Nintendo games. Truly, I mean, you've got you know Donkey Kong and Junior and Radar Scope and you know Heli Fire and in you know, in some of the older ones. But if you're talking about what you would would have normally seen in the arcade, it and released as vertical, it, it was really only Radar Scope Junior and and Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so yeah, if if you're in a position like I am, and, and there's already been massive changes to the cabinet. Yeah, you're not doing what's it. What's it going to matter? I don't. I don't know about. I don't know how you do a versus restoration. I guess you could. Yeah. Well, with you, all you just put it to the game that it is. Yeah, that's what you do. So I don't have much heartburn with it, and these things are fine. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. Agreed. I did just pull out these diodes, and you know what? I'm actually. I'm very. I'm. I'm happy with the coin mix. Yeah. So, uh, I. We're, we're telling you what you get so you know what to expect i don't have a knock on it and again it's better than i thought it was for for 19 oh yeah yeah there's no doubt about i it. am happy with it just as it is out of the box mm-hmm. i have an update on it next month like if i go to screw it in and it doesn't fit that's a whole other conversation yeah <laughs> so oh, that is true um these are actually varro i don't even know if these are still in production 
that's what's cool. So these might be like a new old stock. These are actually Varro parts. And Varro, V-A-R-O, they are the ones that produce the, the diodes that I've pulled out, original diodes out of monitors uh-huh. and the new old stock ones I had. So Oh, it's good to know. Yeah, so this is, I don't know if they make, I'd have to go back and look at all my part numbers. I think that this is a, uh, a later part number that'll handle more current it's higher rated or a more more voltage rather higher voltage not higher current i don't know what the current is that goes through these but the voltage i believe these are a later part number than the original varro part number that came out of uh, that comes out of these black and white vector monitors and they do have the leads longer leads off the end so either i could like little curly q pigtail and cut off the excess yeah. or solder them in but I was honestly kind of expecting some other company, which would have been fine, and it would have been like the equivalent of the original part, which is fine. I yeah. mean, that's what we do this all the time. Sure. It's, it, it, I don't have a heartburn with that. But yeah, this is actual an actual Varro part, so I'm super happy with these. Cool. I knew I was going to be happy with them to begin with, and I'm really happy with them. No, that, that's good because, like I say, I need to order some, so just knowing that is helpful. So that, that, that's good. Yep. Okay, so there's there's our live unboxing and little uh, info to kind of help everybody out. So quick recap, I, I've gotten uh, seven games, I guess, completely out of out from underneath uh, um, my uh, out from underneath my feet right yeah. at this point. However yeah. you want to say it, uh, Black Hole, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, Two Pinballs, Red Alert. Talked about that last episode. The Bandito, Bandito. went to Mister Whitney. Yes. Uh, that Tato cabinet that is becoming that warp one, which is awesome to see. Mr. Deuce Wild Ride make tracks. So I've got the two more on deck, which is the battle zone, which is ready to rock. And then this Nintendo cabinet here real soon. So that'll make nine. Now here's what, and then a bunch of miscellaneous other parts, including like three, three color raster tubes that were like 27 and 29 inch monitor stuff. I never deal with. Okay. Uh, and a big black and white tube, monitor tube that I had. Here's the sad part of all of it. That's a lot of stuff. I've got so much more to go that I can tell it, uh-huh. but, <laughs> but I can't but really, can't tell, really it, tell it. You know? yeah, yeah. It's like, all right, I'm going on this diet and this is going to happen and I got to drop 50. Yeah. And you know that first five pounds, man, it feels good. Yeah. I've been there. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It feels great. But it still doesn't look like you've done much. Yeah, yeah, I get it. That's kind of the boat I'm in. So (laughs) uh, one last thing to mention, Whitney, I keep talking about this, keep talking about this, and we've actually got a little traction. So I have yammered on and on about a coin op swap meet, making some, uh, getting some space here in Louisville. I know I've got a bunch of stuff. You've got a bunch of stuff. The rec bar guys have a bunch of stuff. We know a bunch of people that have a bunch of stuff advertising it getting uh all this laid out on like a saturday maybe even setting aside some space to make available for for other people to bring their stuff in and we make a saturday of it advertise it wide parts to full games and have a huge sale that would be and nice. moving on that'd be nice we st- i started talking about this before covid and then it got delayed because I was working with the rec bar crew at doing it and using their their space. And they have a bunch of stuff that they'd be willing to let go of. Okay. Um, then that got delayed because of the opening of their second venue in New Albany, Indiana. 
just getting that wrapped up. And then that pushed us close to Louisville Arcade Expo. And as as you and I remember, Whitney, Arcade Expo was the last hurrah. That after that weekend, by like that Monday or Tuesday, it, everything the world was shut, shut down. down. It was shut yeah. down. Yeah. So that eked in. Yeah. I was actually just talking to uh, I talked to talked to him quite often. I was talking to one of the rec bar guys here recently, and uh, he brought it back up to me of Hey, look, we that's something definitely interested in doing. Oh, yeah. So awesome. I, I didn't even have to bring it back up to them. So oh, cool. I, I don't know when we'll definitely have a lot of run up to it. I mentioned before, you know, prior last couple episodes, I like to do it sometime, maybe shoot toward the latter part of the summer when the weather's still nice, but it's cooler, you know, expecting that we'd probably utilize some outdoor space as well. Yeah. You'd almost want it. Yeah. Yeah. And there, I know there's some massive reorganization going on in their warehouse space right now. So it's just nothing that can happen like within the next couple months, but it's still on the books and it's just stuff, you know, people people especially if you're in what you feel is a comfortable driving distance kind of think about uh maybe position yourself to bring some stuff down so yeah no that that would be great i would love to uh lighten the load a little bit quite honestly all right whitney so i've done a lot <laughs> there it is we we've, Dude, uh, honestly that was like three episodes worth yeah, and yeah. i tell you and what this is also going to fold into is my tech segment this this month i want to talk about monitors and just just swapping stuff and yeah that's fair. kind of uh, i touched on a little bit with the 100 volt stuff and the nintendo stuff uh-huh. and, and kind of go through what horizontal means and vertical means and then the permutations and variations even within that definite those definitions just to kind of give folks just an idea of what's out there and what to expect when they go to look at a game work on a game change out parts so that's what we're going to cover i'm going to cover in my tech section here a little later fantastic well and i've got a good compliment to that well i think it's a good compliment to that anyway you're always very complimentary of me fair enough fair enough updates oh boy what teach us some give us some lessons whitney life lessons okay okay fair fair enough fair enough i'm I'm picking up packing peanuts that's that's fine so uh, over the past month it's i mean it's it's been a bit of a mixed bag i I will freely admit that and um number one is i i do want to revisit this and i say this only because I wound up spending so much time on it. But um, yeah, our new website's live. Would love any feedback Woo-hoo! on it. Uh, I, I did receive several very nice notes once it once it went up and everything like that. Uh, so I'm I'm I, I'm very pleased with it. I think it turned out very nice. I I, I kept a lot of the um, a lot of the I, I guess the. Um, the cosmetics of the old site and carried those over where it made sense, did, did a few little updates and everything like that. But um, one of the nice things about that, about the new site is number one, it's, uh, it's, it's running on architecture that is easily 10 years newer than the prior website was running on. And I, and I was getting, I was getting reports and Brent, I know you and I both were fielding, uh, you know, reports from folks that said, oh, yeah, I can't download the current episode or I'm getting download errors or I can't access any of the back catalog or, you know, I'm getting, you know, site security, uh, you know, errors and things like that. And uh, fortunately, all of that has been resolved and uh, the, the the site's running on what I would call brand new 2021 architecture. And I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm, I'm very, very proud that, that we were able to make such sweeping changes finally. Now, 
the nice thing about that is by updating uh, all of that backend architecture, this is going to allow us to get, and I'm, I'm saying this so that I hold myself accountable to it, just like I was talking about rolling out the site once I, once I quote unquote finally got serious about it uh, and, and, could, and devoted the time to it. Uh, the podcast store will be up and online for episode number 100. Now, we'll probably only have a few stickers and, uh, and probably some t-shirts and things like that. Nothing, uh, nothing earth-shattering, but it will give us the test run structure for uh, kind of fleshing out some of the some what we'd call the podcast swag. And Brent, uh, you and I probably need to talk offline about getting you know some more stickers done and you know catching sticker mule on on a special and yep. you know stuff like that because we could we could really amp up some of the swag. Because in, speaking in his, of swag, yeah, you still owe me an address. I do, don't I? Yes, you okay, do. Okay, I'll Matt, get that. I'll get that. Matt, yeah, it's not me. It's me. It's not me. It's, it's, I've, I've been occupied. I've been preoccupied. But, but what I the, could have asked him, Matt. <laughs> it, it's it's a little me. Yeah, it's it's all good. Okay, but ultimately, what this will do is allow us to um, to just get some get some of the show swag out there now. Finally, and uh, and honestly, we're, we're, I'm just saying this in full transparency, help to support the show because now now that we've had to, to move the site we're going to start running into some hosting fees and things like that no problem but anything helps to offset some of that and uh, yes even a few t-shirts and stickers a month will go a long long way to, to helping in in that in that fashion so anyway so we'll see we'll see where that goes um i also moved the skyskipper project website as well so i wound up actually having to migrate both of those within uh within the past month uh it'll look exactly the same it'll just load like four times faster now than it used to um so anyway, so so there's that so if anybody's having issues with uh show download or or anything along those lines just be be sure to let us know one nice thing for um moving the show to a new ho- or moving the website to to a new host is that the back catalog access issues should also be sorted out because the RSS feed uh, was actually was artificially limiting the number of well not artificially limiting it it was an unintentional limit uh, or an artificially placed limit on the number of sh- of um, of previous episodes that were available in the feed we've got so that, that solved was that just as well. a software difference in the in the update of yeah. the rss feed yeah, software yeah. okay yeah it, it I mean, was that seems... because i could go in and uh, because once i updated it, it it just brought so many new features to the table and I, I was going through and looking at the configuration of the feed and it's like oh i can open the feed up for all these episodes I don't and i just went ahead and did that even even if it was however many 10 years old because i mean we, it was you, it was limiting us to 50 episodes which is, is just doing. the oddest thing because at the end of the day uh-huh. i mean was there like a premium like buy up no to, no there to, wasn't no it, i mean i might be downplaying this but from a from a technical guy perspective it's just a line item in a table yeah it's like why why was what's, it that? what's it with 50 i mean yeah. if you've coded it to look at 50 you've coded it to look at 50,000 yeah it's all you would the think, same you would think one would think you know, I think it but, would be harder to limit it yeah but that's and they may have done that to um, to accommodate 
other podcast aggregators back in the day. I mean, Brent, I mean, I, <laughs> a little bit under the covers here. I mean, the, the podcasting plugin that we were using was over eight years old. So, well, so, I, so that, so how old's the show? Uh, over eight years old. I mean, you uh, could, you could always go to the website and get the back catalog. But, yeah. But, 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 it, is, but it wasn't available through any of the aggregators. Through any of the aggregators. Now it's going to be available. It should be available. Let's put it this way. It is offered to all the aggregators now the entire back catalog is okay because it's part of the show feed now so so you know i mean with that comes okay would we eventually do a patreon i know you and i've talked about that and that's something we'd have to talk about to see where maybe some of the value add some of the value add could be in, in things like that but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that but for right now it's it, it's all there so if you're interested in grabbing it grab it so um the always up to date guides we talked about this brent you remember we were we were talking about this in the um in the 3d printer mod talk that we did last month mm-hmm. and we also v- kind of brought this up just a, a bit when we were talking about revisiting the soldering setups and the soldering er, the desoldering irons and the soldering irons and uh and i know i, I opened my try <laughs> kind of opened my mouth there when we were talking about that and he said you know wouldn't watch it be nice about, if watch out the did? promises you make well all, all it is, is just you just create work for yourself is what you do when when you say those things but there's still good things to do and even some of the show feedback mentions that in in the mailbag when we, when we get to that but the always up to date guide so i am currently working on the 3d printer mod article and that will go on the website before the next show is live it will get a separate section on the website so it's easy to find and then i do want to follow up with the soldering tools always up to date article as well okay so that's so those are like show structure items that i've been working on over the past month now the uh the next thing is the cr10s uh, i talked about that last month w- did get that but have not put that together yet and i've been sidetracked by a couple things number one and, and it's not a bad sidetrack at all but grace turned 16 over oh my uh, between gosh. episode 98 and episode 90 or between episode 98 and 99 yes she getting your corvette uh no uh-uh. <laughs> no no that that's that's a little later on down the road but, um so we're going to figure out another vehicle for her but uh ultimately uh, she she had of course we we did she turned 16 over the course of a weekend so we had like a weekend long celebration for for her turning 16 and Brent you know you know and for everybody else listening that has children especially children that have been coping with this this if covid induced um I guess uh, solitude or mm-hmm. COVID-induced, you know, lack of lack of social options and things like that. You know, we we really stepped back. Jackie and I really stepped back and tried to make her 16th birthday as memorable as we possibly could. She she did get to see a few friends, but but Brent, it's going to go down in history. It wasn't the 16th birthday she really deserved, you know, but it was the best 16th birthday that we could give her. All things all things considered. So one of those, one of the items that she asked for is um, she's got a really large bookcase in her room and she's filled it all with books. And I'm so proud of her for doing that. And she, she reads, she reads at a fairly voracious rate. And she, she said, daddy, I want another matching bookcase in my room to set catty corner um, or, or sit perpendicular with the, with the bookcase that I've got you know, in a corner. And she's got a Ikea Billy bookcase and 
no, of Ikea course, what? Billy. That, Billy. Billy. That's, that, the, that's the name of the bookcase well, that I she's know got. They, I know they name all their furniture. They name everything. They, every, every, every item that Ikea sells has got a, I'm not going to say well, a weird a, name, but a unique name. Well, that's what stood out to me because you said Billy. Yeah. Like that, that the... The uh, uh, case over here is, is a detolf. Is a detolf. Detolf. You know, yes. and that may is IKEA Swiss. Sw- uh, sw- uh, yes, that yes. that might mean something from Sweden or Swiss. Yes. I, I, yeah. It, yeah. I I don't know, but don't Billy know. seems like it's I very, just it's very non non Swiss. Yes, yes. Yes. Exactly. Okay, all right. That's. Yeah. I just want to make sure I heard you right. But no, that's it. They're in as they say it. It is their best selling bookcase line ever and it's it's uh due to that it's very popular and so i have been trying to track down this bookcase from ikea uh over the course of the past month and you you may say well whitney why is that so hard or why is that so difficult and it's it's like well let let me let me explain why Number one, um, there's no IKEA store within uh, within around. Uh, I think the closest one would be Cincinnati. Closest which one is, is Cincinnati. Hour and a half and from me, from you, from my house, it's more like two and a half because I've got an extra half hour, forty five minutes to get to the interstate, and then it is actually north of Cincinnati going to Dayton. Okay, so oh, okay, yeah. Right. So, so it's, it's probably more like two from me, but still, it's further from you. Yeah, it's more like two and a half to 245 for me each way okay and um and and i know this because i've driven it several times and the problem is is the bookcase is hardly ever in stock and it's it was hardly ever in stock in the columbus ohio store and i can't really justify driving any further than that because i'd be on the road for 12 hours a day for one bookcase but anyway so to make an extremely long and frustrating story short what I wound up doing is um, ordering the bookcase off of their uh, off the IKEA.com website, and then uh, working through the delivery challenges on that. Um, it, because number one, national product shortage due to COVID. Mm-hmm. Number two, delivery line uh, d- delivery times are extremely um, are extremely long uh, and drawn out due to COVID and due to the lack of product. And um, here I'm sitting here uh, and we're well past Grace's birthday and she still doesn't have her bookcase even though it was ordered three weeks before you her could, birthday. You could have made one at this point. I, I could have made one and driven. Yes, I could have just dropped everything and driven up and got it and driven back but ultimately what seemed like a good idea at the time has proven to be nothing but frustration at this point in time. But anyway, there there we are. And Brent, I tried to order you a Detolf. Um, it was never in stock in Cincinnati or Columbus, and it's not available for order for delivery at my house. So we'll, uh, we'll just have to wait and see, see where that goes. But um, anyway, so so there's that, and uh, <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, she still didn't have her bookcase, and I burned way too much time trying to get trying to get her bookcase. But when it comes in, it, it'll be great. Um, I did add some stuff to that order, though, uh, some additional Billy bookcases for the console room, uh, just to help grow some of the uh, some of the box game collection there a little bit, and some more uh, some more furniture for around the house as well. Now, the last thing that I've got for my updates or in the update section i'm going to save my last update for actually the the, the tech talk segment but the last thing that i'll, that I'll share here in, in my update section is i received my collector vision phoenix this month 
And for those who are not familiar with the Collector Vision Phoenix, it is a fully, uh, a, it is it is essentially a, a ColecoVision implemented in FPGA, okay? It is a shrunk down ColecoVision-esque. It looks like a miniaturized version of a ColecoVision or the ColecoVision, they also have one in, in, in an Atom theme as well, but it looks like a shrunk down version of a ColecoVision console. And um, and again, it, ha- it, it features HDMI output, uh, digital audio. Uh, it, it has uh, the Super Game Module compatibility built straight into the console. Uh, and it takes all, all ColecoVision cartridges. Uh, it features controller ports, everything along those lines. And, and it's all done in FPGA. So, so it's, does it's it modern. come with the controllers or no, those original? No. Those are original controllers okay. at, from, um, for, from, a ColecoVision. In, from a ColecoVision in the picture in the show notes. And I'll make sure that pictures it. I'll make sure that picture is in the show notes for the episode when it goes on the website. But when you order this from Collector Vision, you get just the console. It it is just the console. That that's all you're that's all you're paying for. But the nice thing is, it does have an SD card port, so it, it allows you to run uh, ColecoVision ROMs off of an SD card. And being FPGA, it actually has an Atari twenty six hundred core built in as well to uh, go along with the functionality of being able to play Atari twenty six hundred games on the ColecoVision. I guess off the SD well. card. Yeah, uh-huh, off the SD card. So what's yeah. the barrier to entry though on the controllers? Well, the controllers are your, <laughs> and, and and I say barrier to entry in that yeah. Uh, a, not db9 atari style f- your joystick single button uh-huh. controllers are ubiquitous they're they're ubiquitous right. correct and, i mean you can even get the new hyperkin ones and they're really cheap and that they nice. are that they are yes but what do you do about this because you've got a you've got the the button the the keypad and all that I yeah mean, so i've got i've option? got a, well here so here's the thing i've got a ColecoVision. i've now effectively got a quote unquote a ColecoVision console and i have no controllers for it okay correct okay but that's not the biggest limiting factor because i also have no games for it okay and so i i get this in and it's like i've got no way to play it and i've got nothing to play play on it but that's okay because you may ask, well, why did I buy this? And it's like, well, I figured it would be the best way to get into the ColecoVision library. I could have, Whitney, I could have resolved this problem for you. I, I know, it's I know you could. sat here on the floor. I, I know, but you know something? It, I, it feels better going to David. It, it, there you go. <laughs> that it does. That it does. And you know something? I just, I, I had read about the ColecoVision, the Collector Vision Phoenix, uh, year, uh, a you year, year and a half else ago. To play Activision Atari games on that, that I do. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Because my love for Activision knows no bounds. And I, I, I'd read about this a year to year and a half ago. The price is the price was two hundred and forty nine dollars. It seemed like a very fair price to value ratio for what you get. It's nice and small. It's compact. And uh, I just like the idea of supporting new development on these retro platforms. And so, so I bought, you know, I did my pre-order a year ago. It was March, 2020 when I did the pre-order right before the pandemic oh, okay. hit. So you'd already had this. In the I, I'd had this yeah. in, in the, in the bag for months and months and months. And quite honestly, and, and don't, please don't anybody hate on me for saying this. I just have no nostalgia for the, for the ColecoVision whatsoever. I, that's, so, so me getting that console really, it, it just really wasn't for me, you know, the, and, the, one, the one that you had, Brad. I was excited to get when I, when I found the first, I had two, 
So when okay. I found the first one, I found it in a thrift store in a bundle in a bag with all you know a bunch of games and all the kind of accessories a, a av switch and a power supply and the in the controllers and all that yeah and i was jazzed oh, I, because yeah, I I, i'd heard so much and i'd seen pictures of them yeah and then the other came in a huge lot that i bought and it was actually all the controllers and the power supply and all that and a bunch of games it was buried in the bottom of a tub i didn't even know it was in there yeah yeah so i ended up with two and I sat on them for the longest time. I don't know, maybe fifteen years. And at this, you don't even laugh at that anymore. Is it? Or is it just go right over your head? Yeah, and you care? I mean, did you did you get it in February or, or, I, or I February twenty or, or February two thousand three? I don't have been know. Fifteen years. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So uh, he didn't even look up anymore. He just, no. it just he just ignores me. <laughs> just ignores me. Uh, so when I got going through all my stuff, I just, I'm with, I was with you in that I just was like I have. No, it's nostalgia for this. Yeah, and, and I'm sorry to say that because I know it's a good, I know it is a great and, console. And, I know and, it is. And both of them, I poured a lot of work into them. Yeah. To move them along to somebody or somebody's. Yeah. That wanted them. Yes. Yes. And they could take them and just go. Well, and play. Yeah. And they could. And they could. And, and honestly, they were better in those person those people's hands then that would have been in my hands. Because I, I just had it in a box. Yeah, yeah. And the thing about it is is that, again, I already had this on order, and uh, it, it's FPGA. It's 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 essentially this quote unquote the same thing and i'm happy enough with that so so you're talking about the you ask about the controllers okay yeah then so, i've got something to add to this that you're you're probably hopefully gonna like i'm looking for the okay price all right fair enough thank you so here here's what you can do you can use original ColecoVision controllers with this they work fine okay you can also use what's called the um sfc con- the it's a snes controller but it's an expanded SNES controller that has a keypad on it, and it is compatible with the Collector Vision Phoenix, and it will um, it has the it has the the key mappings, and will allow you to use that SNES controller that has a keypad on it uh, in lieu of an original ColecoVision controller. And I just saw today I did not have the link in the show notes, but I just saw a link on Atari Age today for a um a, a, apparently this is going to be a run for a brand new small ColecoVision ColecoVision compatible controller that is shaped more like an NES or a SNES controller more more like the the I guess like the soap bar style controller okay. and it has it, it's big enough to have a full keypad on it and it has the uh, it has the analog joystick and and thumb and I guess kind of uh, you know thumb wheel on the on the left hand side and then the buttons on the right hand side. That looks like that could be a good option as well. I have never ever ever liked the ColecoVision. I was going to say ever. I, and, and I've played on the ColecoVision at a friend's house back when I back in the day. Didn't care for I it. I wish we would have thought of this a little earlier because I actually had two spare. Oh, did you? But they were the Adam color. They were that Ooh, white nice. color. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one of one of my buddies that bought the first ColecoVision, he ended up buying the driving controller I had. Oh, yeah, yep. And yep. the two spare Adam controllers. Okay. So I mean, I had those, but I'm with you. 
the when I put a game in, the games look great. The games look great, but the controller—it's like just an television like, controller. Man. Who thought this was a good idea? Yeah, because I mean, the action button on the side with the—it th- just and I, it, no that little short stalk like mushroom stalk yeah that you, it just, paddle stalk it I mean, wasn't it, it's not a joystick no. it's not a paddle it's it's just it's it's, it's a, a jaddle it's a yeah <laughs> it's a nub is it's what a it nub. is it's a, it's a mushroom nub is what it is so the thing i was going to mention to you which I'll, I'll, I'll this doesn't make any sense for you because you said the thing has an sd slot it does yes. so one of the things i looked at when i was trying to talk myself into keeping it was uh-huh. a multi-cart oh so there is an atari max uh, bah, 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 bah. It, it's atarimax.com oh, I, I see this in the show notes now yeah, yes. it looks like they they make a lot of uh, SD card type cartridge okay. adapters for classic consoles okay I'll, so I'll have to take a look at that then they're they they, they ma- they're making one and actually there's a thing in here now where did it go I just scrolled past it it says uh, this, this is actually pretty new if I I don't remember if this was a coming thing when I looked at this a couple months ago, but it said, oh, now shipping pre-order. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this must have been just on the cusp of shipping when I looked at it a bit ago. Okay. Now shipping the extended pre-order pricing until 4-30-2021. That's two days from now. Yeah, which will be... By the time the show comes out, it'll be it'll be gone. It'll be gone. Yeah. But the but there are one hundred twenty nine ninety five plus six dollars shipping, which is a lot. Yeah. But they're not as ubiquitous as like a twenty six hundred. That's true. And it's a looking at this, it is it looks like a an original style, so probably remolded. It's not like some wild stylistic thing. ColecoVision cartridge with a very period correct label so yeah. it looks the part and in the very top of it it's got a slot you jam your SD card in now if I had the original console this yes. would, this, this would that's be the, the option that's the ticket right this there. is the ticket and we'll, we'll put this in the show notes as well and you know what I, I maybe tomorrow if I catch just a few minutes I'll actually put something out on Twitter about this and just say hey you know, you got two days left to go if, if you're interested in getting this. But I, I mean, I can definitely I, I can definitely see the value in this. But yep. with the Phoenix, you don't need it. You don't need it because you, you, you that's already it. that's already baked in. It's already yeah. baked in. Yeah, exactly. looks like it's got this it is menu software. So you get some kind of menuing software to choose your game. Uh, it'll take up to a 32. It says 32 megabyte or oh, I guess it's on the small side. That's well, now, megabyte SD card. That 32 meg is nothing. Well, now here's one thing they do have though. They have an Atari 5200 Ultimate SD cartridge kit. Now that may be something that's something worth considering. For yeah, yeah, yep, yes. Now Definitely. that now that I could get behind. So. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm sure our, some of our listeners do. I don't know the Atari Max name. I mean, the site looks good. The site looks good. I've never heard of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I never have. But you know, that's that's. Don't don't let that be a barometer for anything. Yeah. Quite honestly, so if you it's if just, you have it's any, just news to me at this, if you point. have any experience with them, yeah, let love, us know. I, yeah, I love see. To know. Oh, now they've got a a, a ColecoVision 128 and one flash multi cart. Now I don't know what the difference. It looks like you got a little bit of software and you have to plug it into a PC and you can flash it. Yeah, we, yeah, we'd have to we'd have to look at that, but. 
nonetheless, the, oh, it, it's good. I, I'm going to put this in the link collection for sure. But, um, but yeah, so so with the Collector Vision Phoenix, it finally came in. And these things were so highly, highly anticipated. And it looks, it looks fantastic. I mean, I, I can't give enough props to the Collector Vision team that that carried this through from concept to fruition um it, it's a wonderful piece of hardware there's no doubt about it and i am looking forward to digging into it um it just you know it's it's just one of those things that it just seemed like the better alternative to just digging just sinking a bunch of a boatload of money into making getting getting a coleco vision getting a super game module getting a flash cart you know blah 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 you know getting all of that this just seems all like, right there it just seemed like shot. hey it's all right here in one shot yeah and uh, and i agree with you on on the controller yeah you know if my my short-lived experience with it yeah the, the first thing I, I was like is this this controller's terrible yeah it's like we'll, it's we'll like this yeah I, I mean i remember going over to a buddy of mine's house back in the day and he was like whitney we, you got to come over and play donkey kong in this thing and i was like man i'm in and so we go over we play and it's in the experience of the game was great but yeah using the controller was just uh was just tough but anyway you know that, that's that's it i mean we could say the same could be said about other other systems controllers as well but ultimately brent I guess in in a nutshell, that's really kind of my updates. Even though I do have one more update, but I am going to save that for the tech for the tech talk section because it's a bit more involved and um, and I, I just I wanted to get your take on that as well once we, once we get into that. But um, I do have one thing to add on yeah, the website. Yeah. So we're we're often amazed, Whitney and I, at how long we've done the show. <laughs> yeah. And it it seems like fifteen years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got him that time. It it doesn't seem like it's been all that Touché. long. No, it it really and, doesn't. And looking back, you're right, man. The new site. I didn't think the old site was necessarily slow. The new site zips. Yeah, it it, sh- it should zip. Yeah. And episode one, insert coin. I guess where that's where we came out and told about what we were going to do yeah. and who we were and what our background was at that time. And yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if in that show I said I'd been doing this twelve years because <laughs> I, I I've been in the hobby for fifteen years. I I've got to think about that recently. How often have I said that? Yeah, and I, I did. I've. I, it sounds strange probably to a lot of people my concept of time is really bad yeah you know, well it's, oh, it's it has always been well and, and it gets worse as we continue to age i, yeah. I will say that yeah and, and the, the the story about my mom and the birth that that was 100 percent true yeah i was 100 percent convinced she wasn't much older than 53 because yeah. at the time that was the last birthday i vividly remember then i was shown the picture yeah, yeah so yeah Anyway, our first show released September 14th. Okay. 2013. 2013. According to the magic that is the internet. Yeah. That was seven years, seven months, and 15 days. I was going to say we're almost eight years. Yeah, that's wild. if If you figure in, we had well more than. Uh, three four months i don't know how many months we i don't think it was many as six but we had a lot of planning so before we went into that first episode yeah oh yeah yeah. actually let's just stop it there we can talk about this more yeah let's do let's do that on number 100 yeah yeah yeah, for sure because we've got a few things baked in (laughs) we're we're closer to eight years than we are seven than we are seven yes no no doubt about it no doubt about it 
Um, but that that's my updates, Brent. And uh, you know, like I say, I, this next month I'll be hopefully have my bookcases sorted out, uh, have Grace taken care of, have uh, the rest of the work done to the website, and then I, just real quick, and I do want to say this, Brent, I am so close to being able to start back on my zookeeper you have no idea i've just got i've just got a few other things to do to my tna and then i get to work on my zookeeper and i'm so happy about that so happy about that That makes me want to go here to the website exactly Type in zoo. is that it, one word it's it is one word yes at least i oh, i call it as one word hold on i put one i, I put too many p's and not enough e's in it <laughs> yeah also i'm terrible at spelling Zookeeper. I wonder what show that. That's was where I was going. Up. So uh, it brought up. I'm the oldest one. Oh my goodness! I, I got thirty-eight, thirty-two, thirty-one, and thirty. Uh, oh yeah, we're yeah, yeah. So, it's it's set a long time. Yeah. So thirty, which is if I'm if if you're if the search is up to speed because I don't have a neck unless well let me click this previous. Let me click previous. Will that take me back to? Those are those are newer episodes. Actually, it was episode nineteen that, oh, that, was that, it? that I that I got the zookeeper. I just I just looked inside the show notes. Okay, because in my updates for so when was that? November of twenty fourteen. That's when you and I. It, so That's when David Paul brought it brought like it here over six years ago. Uh-huh. We pulled it out of that that van. vehicle that van and it's that been huge, and it's been sitting and we plugged it in uh-huh. out in my driveway and played and it played out it. in your driveway. Yes, yeah, and played it out gosh. in your driveway six years ago. Six years, November oh twenty fourteen. Yeah, uh, wow. se- seven years actually. So crazy. Yeah, it it is ish seven years ish. So yeah, crazy. All right, Whitney. Well, let's uh, let's transition into uh, the next segment here. Where I know we got some tech talk, and we got some feedback, yep, and we got yep, some mail, all kinds of Got some mailbag, and let's do that. So, Brent, when we left the last segment, we were talking about doing the mailbag, but in between the segments, we got to looking at the show notes, and we thought, you know what? We probably ought to reorganize the mailbag with the rest of the feedback. So we're, we did a little on the fly reorganization. This, this is a dynamic show. Yeah, right very much. So. This, this is how we roll. Yeah, yeah. So so the mailbag is going to be in segment three, and we're going to go ahead and, and do the do the tech segment here because you were going to talk about some monitor some some monitor discussion here, and then I wanted to talk about of all things revisiting a favorite topic of mine over the years: <laughs> surge suppression and power control. Oh my but, gosh. Yeah, I promise you, I promise you, and I promise the listeners, there's some good stuff in the, in in that. But anyway, so yeah, yeah so we'll, we'll get part, it. In yeah, my, you're promising there's good there's good stuff in in that in the surge suppression oh, conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You care could care less about my no, no my monitor no, talk. We're, no, we're we're going to make sure yours is yours carries the water as well because <laughs> I, that's I'm, what we do. I'm the opening act. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! Reminds me of that time I went to the Kentucky State Fair, uh-huh. and the big act at the time was um, I keep wanting to say big and rich. It wasn't big and rich. It was was it Brooks and Dunn? Brooks and Dunn. There Thank we you. go. Yep, you're welcome. It was Brooks and Dunn. Yep. The 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 theme of the, the country of, duo. of the last uh, Williams. The last. I'm getting all these names wrong. Uh, Steve, I'm getting all these names wrong. <laughs> Uh, Brooks and Dunn, the th- they were the theme of the last Gottlieb 
system one game that was never yeah. produced on yeah, the places right there. Yeah, that's true. It was Brooks and Dunn. I can't remember who who opened for them, but the opening act for the opening act was Brad Paisley. Oh man, really? You know, who's now the I saw a mega superstar. Who's a mega superstar? I mean, yeah. He, the whole stage was covered in black drape because yeah. it was all the stage dressing for Brooks and Dunn. Uh-huh. And all the 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 house lights were still up people were it was like a bus station times a thousand <laughs> yeah and brad know? was probably out there playing and for brad everybody. walked out in one hand he had a guitar and uh-huh. the other hand he had a he his own stool uh-huh. <laughs> he carried out his own stool and set it down how about it and it was it was brad paisley yeah and you know i'm not the hugest fan of country music at all you should leave <laughs> well you know it's just no dolly uh, oh no dolly. hank you know what i appreciate dolly and i appreciate hank because i have reverence for what they've done the new okay? stuff yeah the old stuff i grew up the, 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 older, the older stuff's yeah. good no doubt but brad paisley i really i do i like brad paisley Brad's, yeah he's Brad's good awesome. he's good how this has to do oh oh because i'm your opening act yeah that's what enough. it is yeah. I, I am your brad paisley i am brad paisley to your brooks and Dunn. <laughs> knock it out brent the floor is yours <laughs> oh I, I, I can feel the rage quit <laughs> you, you, you're you're so passively aggressive look at you it's the way it goes. I deserve it. <laughs> uh, so I have learned and relearned mm-hmm. a lot about monitors and all of the the shifting around and and getting stuff out of the back corners of my building and and so I'm going to stay away from from vector stuff here for the most part. Okay, it's a whole other discussion. It's a whole other discussion. Yeah. Yep, and honestly. In the context of what I'm going to talk about, the vector stuff is more cut and dry. And what I'm kind of wanting to focus on to to is interchangeability. Okay, a monitor, and we're, we're staying with with color raster monitors. Like if you're looking in your Pac-Man or you're yeah. looking in your Tron, yep. you know, we're not even talking about black and white raster monitors like in a Space Invaders. The, the most common thing that we're going to have in our collections is going to be a color on the video side is going to be a color raster game. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at I don't know how many Pac-Man, Berserk, Gorf, Tron, yeah. Scramble, Burger, Defender, Burger Time, Burger Time yeah. all the stuff that's around me right now. The yeah. line share of the, of the video down here is color raster. Mm-hmm. OK, and. One of the things that really made me think about this is, and I didn't talk about this in my update section, I didn't want to double cover it, was a revisit to a John Elway's team quarterback that I had this month. And Whitney, do you recall, did I bring this up on a prior episode where it kind of passed back through my Uh hands? Yeah, Yeah, where you did it for a friend, a co-worker of yours at work, yes. So the the super short recap story here is, as Whitney said, it, it... was a it was done for a co-worker so, uh, someone at work and it was the only game in his game room and it, it come time to it, it was honestly frankly it was a gift uh, uh, everyone on my team got together and the person was a deserving person and it was john elway he's just a ginormous denver broncos john elway fan yeah and 
I gave him a spare marquee I had for, for a John Elway's team quarterback once, and he just loved it. It had a space of prominence in his basement along with all this other Broncos stuff. So this was a perfect fit. We got together. He got the game. Several years later, fast forward, he was. it was time to redo stuff. Things in his life were changing. It made sense. He he. I got the game back. The game came back to me free and clear. Okay. Jimmy Litzy, friend of the show, legend of the area, should I say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. John Elway's team quarterback was a favorite game of his, and it's that always struck me as interesting because he had every game, every game. He didn't take games home. He didn't have anything at his home because he looked at them all day. Yeah. It's kind of, and I get it. I I don't have the, I'm an IT person. And if you've looked at my, ever looked at my personal computers, they're, they're not that awesome because I, I, they're, to me, it's a utilitarian thing. I want to go look at, uh, not even necessarily YouTube video. I want to go look at clove or whatever back in the day yeah that was i want to read the forums i want to search google for problems something i'm working on the arcade something you know just here recently i've even embraced youtube as strange (laughs) as that sounds i know i'm a luddite i'm a child of the forum. oh trust me i am as well so I, i when i get away from it i want to be away from it but jimmy liked that game so he ended up with the game somewhere in the transition the monitor had a problem whitney That is the monitor that is on the floor oh, I in see. front of okay. you right, right. now, yep, yep. face down. Yep. Okay. So I got it. I, that is like a Neotech. And I knew that that was a, it was kind of a shoehorn fit. It's a 25-inch Neotech. And I knew it was kind of a shoehorn fit in there because of some things, which I'll get into. To me, it was just as easy. I had the chassis, and I finally told Jimmy, as I'm going through all this stuff, and I'd gotten a bunch of parts out, and I had some monitors out, I said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to build you a K7000, a Wells Gardner K7000, because I am very familiar with that versus this Neotech. I have all the K7000 parts we'll ever need, Mm -hmm. so I can support this thing in perpetuity, and we'll just swap them. I'll fix this Neotech, and I'll do something else with it. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I'll get this out of the picture. He's like, great, awesome. Yeah. I asked him to shoot me a picture, pull the bezel off, shoot me a picture because I wanted to see how it mounted all that kind of fun stuff. This is what's this, how this went in the cabinet sparked this thought of discussing this. So the first thing I want to talk about was horizontal versus vertical mounting for those old enough to remember tube TVs. If you think about them, they're rectangular. Rectangular. They're more rectangular than they are square. Yep. yep. And the younger ones amongst us, you probably remember the ubiquitous plastic cased 19 inch television that was really common through the 90s. Okay. And whoever made it, they all looked the same. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. they were they were all the same. And the the cases themselves lent you to it was almost kind of like a um i don't know not a mirage but it was almost kind of like a visual trick because they tended to be very square they look like they look like cubes 
to a certain degree. Yeah. But when you got down to it, the the tube itself was actually longer horizontally left to right mm-hmm. than it was vertically. It was slightly rectangular. And that that was more more noticeable back in mine and Whitney's days when the TVs were larger and they were pieces of furniture. Yeah. And oh, yeah. they were drawn out like 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 almost like a chest of drawers, you know? <laughs> yeah. So that is in arcade land horizontal. Okay. Berserk is a horizontal game. I'm trying to think of another common game, Whitney, that's that's hor- the defender yeah, is horizontal. Defender. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Most all your William stuff is horizontal. Yeah. Okay. Vertical is when you take that and you turn it 90 degrees. And keep in mind here, from the monitor's control perspective, it still stays as if the monitor still thinks it's it, the long axis is left to right, mm-hmm. even though it's now up and down. Up and down. Yep. So on a Pac-Man. Pac-Man is a vertical game. Scramble is a vertical game. Tron is a vertical game. If you adjust horizontal controls on a Pac-Man, it looks like it's the vertical controls. It affects it vertically Vertically, because it's been turned 90 degrees. Yeah. Okay. If that isn't confusing enough, (laughs) there are also horizontal and vertical flavors of monitor frames. And I'm going to try this back to John yeah. Elway, too. And, and this actually took me a little bit to get my head around. Yes. Because I didn't quite expect that when I first got into the hobby. Correct. Yes. So if you've got a vertical frame... So, okay, let's just talk about... Let's back up to the horizontal. If yeah. I've got a Geo 7 set in here, and it's in a horizontal frame, and I plop it down on this table yeah the long axis is going to be left to right it's going to be parallel with the ground just like a television yep okay if i have a vertical frame and i plop it right here on the table in front of me it's sitting there on its base plate on the pan where the chassis is the tube is turned 90 degrees Uh and the pan where the chassis is attached is actually narrower yes yes okay yep it, it, horizontal versus vertical mm-hmm. frame they are different frames very di- and in a lot of times very hard to find the vertical look, frame when you're looking for a specific example yeah yes so now here's where it gets quadruple confusing <laughs> if you've got a game that's vertical it doesn't necessarily have and most often does not have a vertical frame Mm-hmm. Pac-Man's a perfect example. That is a horizontally framed monitor rotated 90 degrees jammed in the game in a vertical orientation. Yeah, that's exactly right. All right. A lot of the Bally Midways were. I mean, almost all almost all the ones that I have are. Yeah, honestly. exactly. Yeah. That's how that's how the Tron is. Tron is. My uh, Satan's Hollow is the same way. My Rally X is the I'm same. I'm sure that Gorf is. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's been well, so long. Rally X is horizontal. But yeah, Satan's Hollow. Yeah, all of them. Burger Time is. Yeah. They all, I think, I bet they're, I bet they're all that I way. know the, uh, um, the Centurion games I've got behind me, Time Pilot and uh-huh. Phoenix, they're uh-huh. vertical, uh-huh. but the frame is horizontal, turn 90 degrees. Yeah. Yeah. Now, can you interchange those? Generally, no, because if you've got a cabinet 
that is designed specifically for a vertical frame monitor it uses a vertical framed monitor because the way the monitor is angled Mm -hmm. the viewing angle if you put a horizontal framed monitor in it it would collide it would interfere with the back of the cabinet so speaking of those bally midway games a lot of the bally midway games have the the monitor bubble on the back of them Mm -hmm. they have this big plastic thing like this cap on the back of the game yeah oh yeah and the reason that's there is if you pop that off or if you take the back door off i talked about that pan the bottom side of the frame where the chassis attaches that pan is sticking out of the back of the cabinet and there's a hole cut in the door and the bubble the plastic bubble covers that yeah yep so again if you end up with a cabinet that's empty and it's a vertical you're you're going to run into most of your problems on the vertical the vertical games yeah seem to be a lot rarer yeah. in that regard that's that's where you got to pay attention because some of them may require that you have a vertically framed monitor yeah so now here's the upside to that if if you have a horizontally framed monitor and you can come across just the frame yeah you can move all that over yeah the mounting tabs for all the chassis no matter what it is if it's a geo7 it's a 4900 doesn't matter even though the pan width is different because it goes on a different side of the tube alongside or the short side the the mounting interfaces are still the same Mm -hmm. so yeah, if you can't find a complete vertical monitor, framed monitor, but you can find a spare frame like someone scrapped out of a broken tube tube monitor, and you have a horizontal one, you can do you can swap it all over. That that's fine. I've I've not found a case with any of the monitors that have a vertical frame equivalent where that is not the case. Yeah. You can switch them straight back and forth. So where did I run into trouble? On the John Elway's team quarterback. So that is a 25-inch monitor in there. And if you take a look at the monitor that I've got down here, Whitney, this Neotech, the cage around the back that makes up the frame, it actually, once it comes off the top edges of the tube, it angles back in a triangular fashion. Okay? Well, the reason that is important is because now, there's not a, near as many vertically oriented 25 inch games but there are some out there and i've also seen a lot of people there are some cabinets actually 25 inch cabinets where the monitor the the blocking or the the support framework or whatever you want to call it that's in the cabinet that holds the monitor in place from the factory some of the dynamo cabinets you can turn it 90 degrees so you can make the cabinet you can set the cabinet up to be vertical or horizontal. It was a, it was a generic cabinet like Dynamo made. Put whatever you want in it. Kit mm-hmm. it out however you want. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people hunt those up because they'll make multi-games out of them. There's even a version of, of the Dynamo cabinet out there where you can turn it. You can take the bezel out and turn it with a monitor mounted in it. You don't even have to take it apart. It just zoop turns and locks into place <laughs> so they'll switch out jamma boards play this game play that game uh put a pandora's box in it or something and change the orientation kind of on the fly those are kind of some more out out there edge case circumstances yeah 
there are some vertically oriented 25 inch games so that's what i'm getting to john elway's team quarterback is one of those so i pull a k7000 out and i i had i had some choices to make because when you get into the k7000 or excuse me when you get into the 25 inch world you have variations of how monitors mount in cabinets do you have mounting tabs or ears and i'll use let me say ears and and when i say ears i don't mean the ears that are on on the corners of the tube that actually hold the tube into the frame i mean the frame itself has metal like an ear that hangs out along some axis that has holes in it that's that's where you bolted into the cabinet so you can get 25 inch monitors that have those mounting ears on the frame on the vertically so they're on the short side and they go up and down or horizontally they're on the long side of the tube and they go parallel to the ground and then you can even get some that have them all the way around all right so what the problem i had is is I know. I, I, I don't want any of these games. I, know. <laughs> I, I just don't. So the first thing, I, I knew that. Yeah. And I had 25-inch monitors of both types. Okay. So I asked Jimmy, I was like, take the bezel off. Uh-huh. Give me a picture of it. Tell me what it is. Because I I, I didn't want to get into, uh, yes, he, he was an operator, and yes, he's familiar with all this stuff, but yes, it's also been a long time. Yeah. And he also had texts that dealt with a lot of this stuff. And I didn't want to have to get into, do you, do you have a, you've got a vertical monitor, horizontal, yeah. uh, horizontal mount, monitor, vertically mounted, all this kind of junk. So send me a picture. Yeah. Sure enough, the tabs where if the monitor is sitting here in front of me and it's in a horizontal frame, the long axis is left to right, parallel yeah. to the ground. Yeah. The mounting ears are on the ends. And they're vertical. They're vertical. Uh-huh. They're on the right and the left, and they run up and down. Yeah, no problem. Know which one to get you. Go get it, build it, get it ready. So we go to put it in. Problem is, is that 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 frame that this monitor was in, this K seven thousand, it was completely straight. the The left and the right side of the frame, it di- had no kick in. It didn't hug the tube. So when we went to set it in the game, it hit the back of the cabinet. It was done. It stuck out like the Bally Midway cab ones we talked about. Yeah, yeah. This needed a flavor of a 25-inch with a modified frame that actually contoured in it, it mm. like like a triangle if you look yeah. down from the top yep, yep. that sucked along and followed the sides of the tube and come to basically a point at the back. Mm. Sure enough, I mean, there's K7000s like that where the pan is almost triangular shape, but it stepped in. And instead of having straight sides, they stair step in so you can spin them and you've got clearance and they don't hit the back of a cabinet. Yeah. In this case, what we ended up doing was I I deframed it. I took the frame apart. (laughs) Right there on the spot. And I cut, I cut it. Yeah. And made a relief, okay, so that it would go. Yeah, it is is what I ended up doing. Oh, okay. To so get you, it so in. you didn't swap anything. You no, just... I didn't have. I I didn't have 
a frame uh-huh. that had the right mounting ears to I match see, the see. cabinet. It's just nuts. That was also contoured in yeah. so that it would clear the back of the game when the back door was on. Yeah, yeah. So you had to do a field mod. Yeah. yeah. And this wasn't even the back doors. Now that I think about it, the back door, the hole for the back door was lower than I than where I was already coming into contact with the back of the cabinet. Yeah. It's not straightforward. No, <laughs> That's the no. moral of the story here. And I know I personally deal with mostly 19-inch games. Yeah, same for me. So there's the, the thing is that, w- that we tend to have to worry with, again, is, okay, is this a horizontal or does this require a vertical frame so that I've got clearance for this thing to fit into this particular cabinet? Okay. We don't, not that I'm aware of, in the old school 19-inch world, have as many concerns when it comes to the mounting ears. Are they on the right and the left, or are they on the top and the bottom? Now, I will throw out that some of the later monitors, like when you get into that Hap Vision Pro and the later 19-inch K7000 genre, yeah. They do get like that. They're more the more the like the utility monitors. Yes, I guess. exactly. Yes. Yeah. So, like, if I were to throw a Geo Seven down here, right here on the table, yeah, and it's a horizontal Geo Seven, the the long ends of the tube are parallel with the ground, like yeah. a conventional television. Yep. The mounting ears on the face of it are on the right and the left, and they they're they they go up and down. Mm-hmm. They're not on the long axis; they're on the short axis on the, short, on the right and on the, the short left. side. Yeah then actually on that monitor as well as all the early wells monitors if you look at that pan the pan itself also has mount points that's how williams goes in the 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 pan that it's sitting on when i set it right here on the table there's actually four holes in it yeah and if i open up the back of the defender that's how it's mounted it's yep. sitting in there on a shit on literal a sh- on shelf, shelf a wooden shelf and screwed to the shelf yes Yes. And oddly enough, Centuri, even though the monitors are horizontal and they're mounted vertically, yeah. they're mounted on a on a piece of wood that then you turn the whole thing so that wood is now vertical yeah, and yeah. you jam that in the back of the cabinet. <laughs> yeah. And those wood shelves are actually harder and harder to come by anymore yeah. as well. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. it makes it easy to change the monitors in and out. Yeah, it but does. It, but you have to have that piece. you got to have that piece. Or you have to make it. Yeah. So... You do run into that, like I said, in the later 19s, where you, you you do have the mounting ears all the way around, and they might not have the mounting tabs on the pan. So I couldn't use that monitor easily in a Williams game, but I might be able to jam it right into a Pac-Man. So point of all this is a monitor isn't a monitor isn't a monitor. I'd say the lion's share of the time you end up pretty much safe with your classic 19-inch games. But keep an eye out. If you're out there and you've you found the, the holy grail cabinet of something that you just wanted, for example, that, that Taito cabinet, the Taito cabinet, I, I don't know what went in that. And what, you know, if, I, if, if he jammed a horizontal frame monitor in it, it might be the frame pan might be sticking out the back i don't know who knows and is it right or wrong yeah who knows but if i was looking to restore the game yeah you know i'd have to do that homework and i'd hate to 
you know, you know how it gets. Oh, yeah, you're, yeah. Okay, I got what I need, and then you realize you don't. Then yeah, and then you're on the hunt again, again, and you're on the hunt eight times before you actually have everything you need. Another thing I'd want uh, you know to mention too is like this neotech, and I think you're going to run into this more in the 25 inch world. At least here in the U.S., when you get away from what I classically see here stateside, like your Welsh or 7000, your U5000, U2000 type monitors, and if you get into a Neotech, you get into a Hanatrex or whatever, the, the, the whole spacing could potentially be different. And I know for a fact this Neotech, it's air quotes 25 inch, but it's a slightly different aspect ratio than what i find on a wells k7000 25 inch tube and yes the mounting tabs on the frame are in the right position they're on the short axis Mm -hmm. for that john elway's team quarterback they don't match what was in it originally i know this is a replacement monitor Mm -hmm. um there were holes drilled in the angle, the steel that's the monitor bracket in the cabinet to match this Neotech frame. And then the the bezel that goes around the tube to black out everything so you can't see down into the cabinet, it was just best effort to fit it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it literally was jammed in there because the depth of the tube in the frame is different. And, yeah. And the shape of the face of the tube was different. Than a K7000. Oh, gotcha. Or I guess a more typically sourced monitor here in the United States. When I put that K7000 in there, the bezel dropped right in. It lined right up with, even though I had to modify the back, it lined right up with the holes that were in that, in the cabinet factory. Yeah, gotcha. So just, just things to kind of be aware of. You know, we've already mentioned a little bit about the Sanyo. Um, It's really best in Nintendo you need to say in I mean, that's just what, that's yeah, just yeah, it. Yeah. And honestly, you don't really, I wouldn't really use a Sanyo in really any anything other game, else. in anything yeah. else. Yeah. I, it wouldn't surprise me if you would even have synchronization problems because all the Nintendos, it, I think it's safe to say the Nintendo's game, Nintendo get, developed their games for that Sanyo monitor. Well, I think so. Yeah. So I think that's w- fair. Yeah. It wouldn't shock me. I, I know that I've heard of this with some of the older Sega monitors, and I want to say like in maybe a hang on that, that genre, that vintage of Sega game, there was some... I think those were 100 volt monitors as well, kind of like that. the Sanyos are 100 volts we covered okay. earlier in the okay. show. Yep. And I've I've never done it personally. I've never had a hang on, but I've been told, if I'm remembering this correctly, from about 15 years ago, that uh, the the Sega stuff is really particular, like about the sync signal. And sometimes if you're in a pinch and you try to put like a Wells or Geo Seven in a in a hang on, you might get lucky and it might synchronize and it, it'll play. Mm-hmm. Or it might not, and it'll never work. Okay. It's because they were developed, Sega developed, f- expecting that particular monitor. Okay, yeah. When they shipped it. So, you know, we, when you get into something outside of what I would call the norm, your mainstream 98% of your color raster games, you, you you're, if you don't have the monitor, you really need to kind of, in my opinion track down the monitor that goes in that nintendo game or in that sega game yeah 
Yeah. I, I would agree because even just on the Nintendo monitors, I mean, at the very least, you're going to have to account for the color inversion and a few other just oddities. Well, and the voltage differences as well. Yeah. You know, you've got, it's so hard to put the Sanyo monitor, so difficult to put the Sanyo monitor in a, in anything other than a Nintendo cabinet. So you, you mentioned the color inversion. Yeah. It, a, a versus is not color inverted. That is correct. It is not. So if on a, what we're talking about here is on, well, I guess Donkey, all the Donkey Kong games, I know a play choice is because I, uh, at least a single monitor one, because I've had one of those running on a standard monitor. They use, uh, they invert the color signal. So all the colors will, they'll run. Like I said, I've, I've had a single monitor play choice board on my bench plugged into a conventional monitor like a I, it, was, it was probably my 13 inch 40 wells 4700 which is a 13 inch 4600 wells 4600 it's probably that monitor at the time yeah it worked but all the colors were were wrong were wrong yeah I, I, yeah i think i think everything we're used to defines color on a positive voltage and some fl- some variation from zero up, and I think those Nintendo games do it from zero Down. into the negative. Yeah, yep. I believe I believe that's the case. So, and you can get an inverter board, or Nintendo made inverter boards. Yep. That's the little board that's yep. on the flyback cage on mm-hmm. a on a on a almost at a Geo Seven on a Sanyo that Twenty is Z. Yeah. Now here here's an interesting thing. If you if you've got a versus like my versus back here, the one I talked about earlier, I've still got the inverter board. Uh huh. There's an output on it uh-huh. and two inputs. Yep. One input does the in, inverts it. Uh-huh. Now, why they did this, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Because the monitor itself will take air quotes standard video. Uh-huh. Okay. Just like would be output from any of the games that we're talking about yeah, here. Any 15 kilohertz. Yeah. Signal. So yeah. why they did inverted video out of the game board into a monitor that wanted non-inverted video, I don't know. <laughs> but it necessitated that inversion board. Yes. So like I said, the inversion board sits on the flyback cover. Yeah. It's got one output, goes to the monitor, and two inputs. The one input expects inverted video and it flippy does the flippy floppy uh-huh. shoots it out to the monitor the other is just a straight pass just through pass through that's right yeah. so and i've got a handful of them if anybody needs one or two just <laughs> let me know I've what, collect- the inverter boards yeah i've collected them over time i you know I can- i've got a few here and there yeah. yeah yeah so like the verses i've got out in the building that i'm putting together it didn't the inverter board was missing doesn't matter yeah because i just go straight straight from the board right into the monitor yeah no yeah yes exactly exactly so i'm i mean i'm ready to go yeah Uh, speaking of synchronization and all that you know the in my experience if you're if you're running in the in the classic era so your well is 46 49 k7000 electrohome geo7 those are all pretty much interchangeable the your frame is going to have the same mounting positions all your dimensions are going to be the same a lot of your vendors in their manual packs they would they might not call it a wells or electra home they they would say like monitor a and monitor b you know they wouldn't call them out specifically but they would they would provide you the schematics in a way to tell them apart so you knew which schematic to follow Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, they're all interchangeable. The only thing that you really kind of have to look out for is the 4600. That, that's the monitor that has those those vertical cards in the back. There was a multitude of uh, those different variations, and one of the one of the differences between several of the variations was the the cards and what those cards supported. And there was a few of them out there. I don't see them that often, never saw them that often, that didn't support negative sync. Yeah, okay. And when we're talking about the, you know, the games in this classic 19-inch Tron, Pac-Man, Defender, Gorf era, a lot of those games are negative sync. Now, early in the color raster world, air quotes, there, there was a lot that was positive sync. Where's all this important? On the 4600, you might run into one that's got a card that doesn't have that extra three pins that's that other ground in the negative sync. You know, like on a Geo 7, you've got your row of input pins for your colors, and then the, the sync pins are for positive, and then there's that little extra row of three pins above it, which is where negative sync goes in. All the other monitors I mentioned are basically like that. They have a way to input positive and negative sync. You might run into a 4600 that has a card that doesn't support negative. Mm. If you come across a card that does support negative, you can swap it right in and work just fine. All that logic, not logic, all that is dealt with on the card. Doesn't matter about the rest of the monitor. Yeah, the, the output's going to be the output. Yeah, it'll yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah the output's going to be the, the same. support is the support. That's the right yeah, word. Is yeah, on the card. Is on the card. Yeah. So, but. Yeah, like I said, just some things that I ran into that I honestly I kind of take for granted yeah. because I've just m- messed with this for like 15 years. Yeah. And I wanted to pass a little of that along. I don't want it to I know it's a lot of info and it's kind of all over the board and it sounds a little scary, but if anything it'll give you an idea of what you might be facing and just things to consider if you're trying to put together a multi-game or if you have a bare cabinet and you're trying to find the right monitor for it, you get, a, you get an idea of some of the questions to ask before you go spend some money. Fair enough. What What is your favorite monitor that you have worked on or you have found to be the most valuable monitor across all the game, across all your 19-inch color games? My favorite monitor, it's honestly, it's the hardest to work on. Uh-huh. But my, my most favorite monitor is the 4600. I, to me, why is that? I just feel that the uh, first of all, if you get one of the ones with all the bells and whistles, you can adjust that sucker, you know, six ways to Sunday. You get one with the 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 uh, there's several versions of those vertical cards, so you get one with all the uh, adjustment support on it, Uh and then you get a main chassis, and these are pretty common. The the there's a a main chassis version that has course adjustment jumpers for position of the screen. So your left center right mm-hmm. high medium or high center low mm-hmm. that'll get you a course adjustment. Then you can then dial in with with the fine adjustments that's on those cards. Yeah, that's that's helpful because some games depending on how they output they come from the factory like this. Yeah. They're not air quotes centered yeah stuff like that drives me crazy it does me as well funny enough side story here in the last month a good buddy of mine out of ohio was texting me and asking me about he he was working on a pac-man cabaret 
and it had a 4700 in it, which is the 13-inch version of my beloved 4600. Uh-huh. And he couldn't get it centered. He's like, the the course adjustment jumpers are gone. And I said, they all didn't have them. Yeah. And I don't think you can just put them right in. I believe that there should be additional support circuitry because you're going to have um oh man um, yeah I, well I, i'm so thinking the cards like, weren't populated yeah. Yeah. well no no this was the main board oh okay. yeah okay. there's additional support circuitry needed to support those they okay. were just fixed yeah what you got's what you got yeah and when it was all said and done he was he was like you know what now that i look at this really close the burn in is off center and it's almost in line with where yeah. it is after i recapped it uh-huh. it came like this from the factory yeah it was just it was off to the right and down so if you get if you get a a, a, kind of the pimped out 4600 you got all kinds of adjustments to me also when they're rebuilt and all the headers have been touched up because they tend to break where the cards plugged in and all that yeah there's just more work to do to to fix all that stuff and um it's a little bit more difficult to take the chassis off the pan but when they're together i think they're the, i think they're prettier than all of them I, I i feel that i get the cleanest image i, I was going to ask i just you, feel they're prettier they're prettier yeah i, I was going to ask you where where you where you felt that image where, where you think that image fell in in a perfect quality standpoint compared to like a Geo Seven or Sanyo? Because I, I will say this: Sanyos are nice. Sanyos are nice. Yeah. I mean, they, they are. are nice. And I and I do have some Geo Sevens that have a nice picture yeah. on them, but that's not every Geo Seven. Geo Seven to me to me the ranking is unless unless the tube is beat. Yeah. 4,600 wins out every time. Yeah. Yeah. Then a Geo 7, depending on the Geo 7, is always a mixed bag. Even yeah. Even if the tube doesn't look beat, sometimes it's like, ugh. Yeah, it is. And, yeah. And, and the, the chassis are so simplistic on them. And so many times, at least the ones that I've worked on, like the, you know, the, the width coils are always busted. Yeah, everything they're always is, done. They're always cooked. And so you don't they're really... They're easiest to work on, but they need the most. But they need the most. That's exactly right. Yeah. Caps, width, coil, and a flyback. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Where are you getting your width coils at, at this point? I haven't had to buy any in a while. I, I, a, a long time ago, several shows ago, we talked about... The name just just left my brain. I'll have to go back and look it up. Um, oh, I thought I had it again. Anyway, I, I used to get them for like eighteen or nineteen dollars. You'd buy them. I'd buy them five six at a time because I'd go through them. Oh yeah. And now he quit selling them because it just wasn't. He wasn't selling them fast. Competitive products. Oh, competitive products. Yeah, okay, he was a gotcha. real. He was really. He was very responsive to emails, great to work with, easy shipping. Um, but I'd buy them 10 at a time. But it might be several years before I'd buy more. Yeah. I, I'm at the point now where, I mean, I was asking the question somewhat self-servingly, but yeah. also for the audience. I need to get some. I, I'm at the point where I need some. He had those in, K, in, in K7000s. In K7000s, that, that, those were an instant replacement as well. Yeah. So I would buy air quotes in bulk bulk for me from him bulk for me yeah, yeah you know yeah. what what 10 yeah or eight 
maybe Geo sevens and maybe five or six because he had a price break at like four and up or something. Yeah. So I'd I'd buy him, but they'd be f- several years apart. And the last time I went to buy him, he was kind of out of out of it because he just wasn't moving them fast enough to to warrant sitting on them. Well, I just did a search, and we'll, we'll make sure this is in the show notes. It looks like ArcadePartsAndRepair.com has got them for $13.50 a pop. Oh, really? Yeah. I've not heard of them. Yeah. They're they they're a fairly... I mean, I've heard of them before. They, they're a fairly newer supplier uh, on Oh, well, I'm going to have to build up. But I think, uh, I think I'm going to have to put an order in and get myself a couple of handfuls. <laughs> and, see, now, I'm not slighting Arcade Shop in, yeah, in, no, I, I get in any way, shape, or form, but I, I looked at their pricing on their... It, it, I didn't, so I'm going to throw a couple in here, but I think they were like 29 bucks, which was what everybody else generally, I think, was asking. What's Twisted Quarter getting for them now? Arcade Adventures has got them for $17. I'm not sure sure what what Twisted Quarter is selling them for. I I didn't feel, and you have to keep me honest there, Whitney. I have to look, I'm going to have to look, because I might be overshooting what Arcade Shop was, was asking. Yeah. I remember looking at it thinking... Um, that's they, too expensive <laughs> but 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 they weren't out of line yeah that yeah. that was because i'm cheap let's just well I, they all come from this they all come from hovey king they yeah all come from the same place yeah. or whoever's knocked them off from hovey king hovey king at this yeah, point yeah yeah I, I mean i get it but I, I mean still you know it's it's a specialty product i mean you cannot go to walmart you cannot go to Lowe's. you cannot go to home yeah. depot you can't go to menards 28.95 uh, sure. is what is what uh, arcade shop is asking. Okay. Oh, jeez. Okay. Well, you and, could get two of them on arcade parts and repair. Okay. Well, I'm gonna have to uh, re- check my inventory and stock up. Yeah, so. I'm, I, I'm gonna have to order some as well. Seriously. So anyway, I'll, we'll make sure that gets in the show notes. Again, I, I was asking uh, partially self-serving, partially for the show, but it's it's good. So, so to monitor-wise, to finish out your question. To me, 4,600 wins every time unless the tube has just been destroyed. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got it. Uh, after that, I'm going to go the grab bag Geo 7, uh-huh. depending on if you get a good one. Yeah. Uh, and K7000 is what I'm putting yeah. in the number two. Yep. Number three, I'm going to put in the Geo 7. Yeah. And if you get get a good 4900 yeah and then finally i'm going to put a 4900 yeah and the 4900 is a fine monitor it, it's pretty simple in terms of the chassis i've had good luck with adjusting it out getting it centered up i've had uh they're easy to rebuild they're probably actually they're the easiest in my opinion of all of them to rebuild yeah they're solid in terms of flybacks and all that fun stuff with coils are easy to take apart but 90 you can get good ones but 90 percent of them they just they just seem to have a soft focus yeah soft focus yeah yep yep. and i don't i haven't gotten down deep enough to even understand if it's okay is there an appreciable difference in the tube Uh did did it did it always get this tube number versus the 4600s always got that too the yokes are different for sure yeah but um that that's probably my guess is it's a little tube and it's a little chassis yeah it's my guess interesting yeah i I was just curious i mean i've probably worked the most on sanyos than geo sevens and then 
uh, some 4600 not not a whole lot but it th- then it's a grab bag that just kind of goes down into the onesie twosies yeah. after that but I, I was i was just curious because i mean i'm very partial to the sanyos i really like them because i i, I know them well and i understand them because i've worked on so many of them at this point but they're only applicable. I, I would never use them in anything. Yeah, in other, any other game. In any other game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's I, my love for them is really kind of misplaced because you, you're not going to use them in anything other than a Nintendo. And that's I think just it. I've I've only ever rebuilt three. Oh, is that right? Because I, I've I have this versus here. Yeah. I at one point in time I had another versus which I sold several years ago. Yeah and the one i just did yeah okay and i i'm there i may have eked a fourth in there somewhere because i definitely remember having one that had you know you've got the uh the hot or is the voltage it might have been the voltage regulator it's probably the voltage regulator that, if, if i think if you're going where i think you're that's going. mounted up on the frame like on the left side or whatever and it's got the flying lead the geo 7 they all do it uh-huh. they have the flying leads that come off the, the main board up yeah. to the the pins uh-huh. Uh-huh. i had one where one of those had broken and yeah. i vividly remember having to track that down but i can't remember if that was in one of those two verses or so three probably only three that i've ever actually had to do okay got it so i don't i don't have a lot of background with them i know fair enough i I mean you know open question just curious because i'm I'm sure other i'm sure our arcade brethren uh you know family here listening to the show is probably wondering well if we're talking about monitors then it gets into a fairly personal preference type of discussion i just wanted to i just wanted to bring it up 4600 all day every day all day if you don't like them send them to me (laughs) Fair, fair enough yep well, Brent, that suppress w- me, Whitney. Well, <laughs> suppress me. <laughs> That's what I'm just looking at the next. <laughs> All right. Well, here, here's the thing. So, my contribution to to the tech talk sec- section here is going to be um, a, a bit of a you know a, a bit of a, a change up on topic, but it is still game room related and still arcade game related. So, here's the thing. Uh, I have had. In the years that we have lived in our house, we have had two surge events in our house. Have you ever had a surge event here, Brent? That that has taken anything out? Now, that, it, was this was this related to the power company or lightning strike? Uh, these were both lightning strikes. Okay, I, I have. Yeah. but fortunately, it didn't. It took out one light on the side of the garage and three trees okay okay all right well so, okay fair fair enough equipment wise i was cool okay well the the two um the two surge events that i've had at my house have both been the direct result of a thunderstorm okay lightning during a thunderstorm nothing ever hitting the house thank goodness not yet but it, the lightning the lightning strike happened somewhere else and the surge made it the surge to made you. it into my house and in and equipment uh, took took the brunt of it okay i've lost tvs i've lost network equipment i, I mean it was it was odd brent one in one surge event i actually lost like three network switches in my house and it fried certain ports in the in the switch but not other ports in the switch so i would have so just some of the ports on the back plane went dead wow and, and others were others how did you even figure that out well I, mean, I, I had stuff plugged up that just couldn't talk to the network 
Oh, I mean, to, but other stuff on the same switch that could. Other stuff on the same switch is working okay. fine. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and no configuration changes to the switch, nothing. It's just after the, after the storm, seven ports on that switch were dead. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. And um, I've lost a couple of wireless access points. And on... Um, on what, no, in fact, I, I say this on both of those surge events, um, I actually wound up losing uh, my HVAC system and completely took the HVAC. Really? Yeah, completely took the HVAC like blew system. The mother, out. So it blew the motherboard yeah. out of the. Yeah, exactly. So at least, I mean, it was a motherboard replacement or mainboard, but you didn't have to replace the whole unit. One, well, one time, one time the whole unit was replaced. Oh, geez. just because it was so old that replacement yeah, just, parts were not an it, option. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so I have had. Have you considered uh, moving? <laughs> no. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm I'm invested in my house, so I don't really so want to move. So but I. yeah, but it, it's, I, don't I don't know if I could. <laughs> well, I don't know if I could either. But that's another discussion. <sighs> yeah. Um. So I so I've had these surge events in my house, and I, I have been trying my hardest to. Uh, in in my in spare time over the course of months and months and months to determine okay am I going to get a whole house uh, generator or am I going to get a whole house uh, power conditioner uh, or a whole house surge suppressor what what way do I want to go and ultimately I probably ought to wind Cut up yourself doing, off from the grid and go solar uh, with a, yes with, that, with, that's that's an option as well with a square acre full of batteries yes I ex- mean, exactly I mean you could because it rains here you know the sun's yeah, not always out the sun is not always like out like today yes today yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> it was out early not not late but but anyway, I you know I've been looking at this and it's like okay I probably need to do all of these, but it's an order of operation scenario. So the the most obtainable item, and probably the one that I could implement the the with the least amount of resistance is whole is a whole house surge suppressor. Now, if you've done any research into those. Typically, they are uh, they are a small box that you purchase, and then you open up your panel, and then you wire this into a free circuit spot on mm-hmm. your panel. Okay, and then the surge suppressor little box. Let's say it's about twice the size of a deck of playing cards. Besides the circuit breaker, it, it, yeah, it, or so, or, or so, double breaker, it, yeah. ish, ish. Okay, ish, yeah. Then we don't work in absolutes here, Whitney. That's no, fine. No, we can't. And so, because life's not that way. No. And and typically these will have a, uh, a either a green light and a red light. I mean, green light meaning it's still good, or red light meaning it's it has now taken a surge event and you need to have it replaced. So how do those work? Are they supposed to just they they're, see it and they shunt it? They, they shunt it off and they they sacrifice they, themselves. They sacrifice themselves. They provide a better path. They provide a better lower resistance path on the bus bars. Okay, it's so the idea is they take the they shunt it to they they shunt the, the surge to them and they take the brunt okay? okay that's the idea but typically once they have once they have encountered a surge event they're done they're toast they're a single use item consumable okay. throwaway okay most people would then have to have an electrician install one after a surge event have an electrician remove it have an electrician reinstall one, and that's the way that I, I feel most people would have to 
uh, deal li- with it, live with it, yeah. or deal with it. Okay, I didn't want that. I mean, I, I wanted, I wanted something that was that was going to be a bit more user friendly, and I also didn't want to have to open the panel every time to see is the surge suppressor even still good. And I, because I, sometimes it, it could be failed for a month and you don't even know it. I've seen those on home improvement shows, and yeah. I kind of wondered how that worked anyway, because it was just a little dongle dude it's just a little box hanging hang, there hang in there yes and my thought is is you know i have literally seen lightning split a huge tree yes and it did it jumping from well above where i can't see yeah what's going on in this little box that thinks it's going to stop an arc if it wants to get through the, the pro good question don't know yeah okay i don't have an answer for that because as you do the as you do the as i got deeper and deeper into surge whole whole home surge suppression options brent there really wasn't a lot out there that did not fit into that that did not fit into the fit into the small dongle form factor okay, okay. now b- before i get into what i chose because uh, because over the course of this month i i, I got this did you have a surge event that blew the glass out of your tron uh maybe okay yeah. just just, just maybe. a thought go yeah. ahead possibly just a thought <laughs> let's put it this way i can't say no you, okay <laughs> you said no you'd be, you'd be li- could be lying i could be lying okay. Okay. okay all right just chatting now in my game room downstairs i have five separate circuits that feed that room okay it did not start out that way but over over time i I have ad- I have added additional circuits into that room. Okay, I have ran more Romex and and added more circuits into that particular room. Right now, I have three 20 amp circuits and two 15 amp circuits. Okay, in that room, that's a lot. Okay, in mm-hmm. in just in just one room. Okay, now that's great from a do I have capacity to run my game scenario for the size of my room? I've got plenty of capacity. I'm good for the number of games that can fit in there. It, it's it's a it's capacity so i'm good the problem is though is that those circuits are not number one they're not relay controlled okay and number two because they're not relay controlled they're not separated from the mains all right and because of that those circuits are always hot and and i can't i can't make them not hot unless i turn them off at the breaker okay Okay. so and i mean and that's that's 90 percent that's that's 99 percent or 100 percent of every circuit in in most every house unless you plan for it to be different than that like what you've done yeah, here like what i've got here yeah yeah and, and and after i get done with this little diatribe if you don't mind i would like three minutes for you to describe how you approach this in your house okay, okay. If now you, if, i don't have you're good ha- to do suppression that. but we can talk about how i turn the game room on bingo yeah 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 so because because my circuits are always connected and we're always hot i thought okay i surge suppression is going to be the better option for me because I'll get the benefit of suppressing not only the game room uh, circuits, but also the rest of my the rest of my household circuits. Okay, so in my game room, what I've got right now, my power center is a forty two U telecom rack and it, your standard IT telecom rack. And I have so that's co- closet. That's that's like coat it, closet it's, size. It's, 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 wi- it's wiring closet. It's full yeah. height, but I've cut it down. Okay? okay, so that it's it's just barely over six feet tall. 
Um, so when you walk up to it, you can pretty much just kind of see the top of it or, you know, see over the top of it or whatever. And what I've done is I've mounted individual power strips, rack mountable power strips into that telecom rack. And then I run each one of my games into those power strips. And then the power strips are fed off of the individual circuits that I've got going into the room itself. And I do that so that I can turn on or turn off individual games in my in my game room because I don't always go down there and turn everything on I may only go down there and play pin like I may only go down there and play Ghostbusters or I may only play Star Trek or I may go down and play three so, games of Donkey Kong so when you say power strip it's not a conventional power oh, strip no, with no, one button no, 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 that no. turns on six outlets no, no this is an industrial power strip rack mountable power strip that does it have a switch per receptacle it does Okay. Yes. There you it go. has the receptacles on the back, and it has a switch on the front. Okay. Okay. So, so you, you it's walk kind up, of akin. I've got one of these upstairs. I, I need to put it in my Stackle Commodore. Yeah. You remember the things you used to put under a monitor yes, back in the that. day, yes. and it had the orange switches. You yes. can turn on the monitor, and when you the, turn them on, they glow. Yeah. yeah they and light the up. Yeah. Printer, and they yes. all. And then yes. yes. Okay. I, I have an industrial. I have an industrial. Scale. I have industrial versions yeah. of that. Okay, is what I have, and all of my games are home run from a power scenario back to that rack, is because each game is is on its it has its own cord and going back to that rack and i just Gosh. slip them on flip them off stuff when like you get that. close to that the, I, I need to actually look at that because i know when you get close to that all sounds great uh-huh. but what i know happens is the closer you get to the power distribution point the bigger the bundle of cables oh yes <laughs> yeah. yes it is because you yeah. like like this row of games here uh-huh. if if at the end of the row next to my berserk was your power distribution block yeah you'd have a cable for one two three four five six uh-huh. seven eight nine ten twelve yeah. games that's right but by the time you got down here at the end i'd have one cable you've only got one cable <laughs> but that's you got a bundle of twelve yes oh uh, let's put it this way i have spent a considerable a considerable amount of time doing cable, cable management. management yes yeah i've bought a lot of velcro is what i've done okay all right so with all that being said okay now the way that i've typically managed turning on and off or i'm sorry the way that i've typically managed protecting the games because brent much like you i've got a sizable investment down in my game room okay got a lot of try not to think about it and i try not to think about it but i'll tell you what i do think about is what would happen if they were all just taken out in the blink of an eye you know that that's the driving that's the driving force here so uh so what i've typically been doing is i i have got the the input the power input leads or the cords for the industrial um power strips i've got them connected to the wall outlets that that for the five individual circuits coming into the room and what i would do is just disconnect them from their wall from from the cord for the wall outlet okay and even though all the games stay plugged up 24 by 7 the industrial power strips are not plugged up okay they're only plugged up when i want to quote unquote turn the game on or turn the game room on so when i go down the game room and i want to turn the games on i just have to go you know you're, you've still got you've got individual game control at a centralized location, and then your fallback failsafe is a physical separation. That, of those. That's exactly right. Right. That's exactly right. That is inconvenient at best. Yes. Even even though it does, it works perfectly because during thunderstorms, I never have to worry about anything taking out any of my games because they're physically not connected to a circuit. Yeah. Okay. But 
that doesn't solve my that doesn't solve my surge suppression issue. So so here's here's what I have here's what I have decided to go with or decided to 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 do. Uh, because, well, uh, it's already done. I, I did it over the course of this past month. So in researching this whole house surge suppression topic, I finally pulled the trigger and I purchased what and I'll have a link to this in the show notes. I purchased what is called an Intermatic. This is an IG two two four zero dash imsk all right you can find these on amazon and and, and other places as well so the interesting thing here is i know that name intermatic i know Uh the logo yeah um very very highly regarded for what they are and they make um higher end and lower end electronic electric a home uh electric products yes they did and one of the more common things where they probably make a lot of money is intermatic makes tons of landscape light Sets. Yeah, that, nice that is, landscape lights. Yes, sets. they do. Yeah. That is correct. Yeah, they do. And um, and so the, you know the pedigree on this is good, and I, I researched this for quite a bit. But uh, the reason that I went with this was as much uh, due to the form factor was anything else. So what this what this Intermatic does is it provides surge suppression or surge protection across all three legs of your service. Okay, your load, your neutral, your ground, and what it does is this is a box essentially. Uh, think of this as a a, a, a a reduced sized electrical panel that installs right beside your electrical panel. Okay, and it has user replaceable modules for all three of the legs on your on your mains, and these modules are considered considered a consumable device and after a surge event if any of the modules take a or after a surge event if any of the modules are considered consumed then the status light that is on the module goes out and then you you then turn the surge suppressor off by dis, by throwing its circuit breaker and disconnecting it from your bus bars and then you can then replace the surge modules yourself and then turn it back on. They just plug on. in and out. They plug yep, in I and out. That. Okay. Now, what this does is this provides this provides you an end user replaceable way to ensure that your surge suppression number one is always active because it has it has status lights that you can see, and number two, you can service it yourself um, over and over and over again. So, so does this connect into the bus bars like a breaker would? I mean, you don't you don't put this in line. Right. No, no. This, this, you have to have two full size breaker spots available on your bus bars. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And and you have to do that for people that don't know. And this is U.S. Yeah. This is U.S. If you, in, in typical residential that's 110 volt, you've got a neutral that comes in and you've got two hots. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the hots, We'll share the neutral and yep. a hot and a neutral is 110 volt. Yep. And, and I, I'm shortcutting a lot of this. Yeah. Yep. But when you look at how those hots go or interspersed through a breaker box, every other breaker <laughs> is touches that, is every, every other. It, it bounces back and forth so that it can be balanced. Yes. yes. So if you, if you touch two, I'm assuming that it says two 
side by side slots is the requirement it, 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 that's exactly that gets right. you on both that gets you on both, both bars hots, that, both that bars. gets you on both both okay. of the both of the main bars coming in i'm sure a, a electrician out is like having a stroke because i shortcutted a lot of that definition but it, it's, yeah, it's yeah. okay the yeah. great thing about it is we do not have to have our podcast inspected by by an electrician <laughs> yeah, yeah. okay so so get this and um and I'm very satisfied with the build quality on it. Installed it, worked great. Uh, again, you do have to have two breaker, the spots of two breakers that you that you install two 30 amp breakers, and they have to be tied together, okay? Because you you have to actuate them as one breaker for the feed for for this surge suppressor. And um, and ultimately, uh, after I got it installed, I mean, it seems like it's well, I've not had a surge event. I hope I don't, but it seems like it's it's going to work really well now the interesting thing about my particular house is i wound up having to install two of these and you may ask why as one does as one always does you may ask why well here here's the reason why i have two panels in my house okay and they're i have one large panel and then one quote-unquote half height panel so do you have two supplies or is that just a sub channel that comes panel that comes out of the main panel no it's two supplies okay okay so So you have to go with two i had i had to go two because here's the here's the thing even though the panels are right next to each other they are fed independently from my meter okay and so from the input for the house i've got one 200 amp panel and the other panel is a 100 amp panel the interesting thing about my house though believe it or not i have 400 amp service at my house and for whatever reason when they installed the electrics when they installed the panels even though they could have they, they, there was enough capacity there for two 200 amp panel service two 200 amp services at the panel they did one as 200 amp and one as 100 amp so oddly enough is the 100 amp doing something like well we'll put the furnace on this one and well the, the the 100 amp sh- the, the 100 amp carries a lot of the quote-unquote consumer load in the house where the 200 amp panel carries the hvac system the water heater the dishwasher the refrigerator okay it, it carries it carries a lot of the the high load the, the washer and dryer it carries a lot of the high load Gotcha. Uh, a lot of the high load uh, draw inside the house. Gotcha. Okay. okay. And, and, you know, I didn't choose, I didn't do it that way. The house was done that way, but, uh, you know, still. It, I mean, it's it, the way they it's, did it. It's yeah. fine. It's the way they did it. I mean, my, like, I my, my points of reference are my old home, which was tiny yeah. compared to the, this house, you know, and I think that's a 200 amp that I've got here. Okay. And, and, but, you know, I'm, your the way your house is laid out, it would make sense that you'd have like for a four hundred amp. Yeah, 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 exactly. For sure, exactly. Now, getting getting access to that last hundred amps is going to be very expensive. Yeah, you'd have to change out that, that hundred amp panel to a two. <laughs> that hundred amp panel's yeah. got to come out to a two, and uh, I, we're, we're not doing that. But, how old's your house? Um, let's see, ninety three. See, and that's that's the other thing. This house was built in fifty four, and yeah. of course, it's been upgraded. Yeah, but my the, my house is twenty seven years old. So it's more than fifteen. Yeah, so, but <laughs> you're, yeah. you're 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 yeah. Uh, is yes. it? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It is. Twenty-seven yeah, okay. is right. greater than fifteen. Okay. Yes. I, I just I, you know. I don't know a lot, but I've got that down. Uh, okay. Fair enough. I, uh, I was just asking to confirm. Just confirm. Okay. Yeah. We're uh, uh, both both generals have turned the keys. We've confirmed. We're we have confirmed. a launch. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. This this house is. I mean, there wasn't that 
stuff. It didn't exist. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, it's, this yeah. house has had upgrades over the years since I've been here and before I was here. Yeah. Just to deal with modern water heaters and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I get it. You know, yeah. so, yeah, now, I, I could see that it was planned to deal with everything being electric yeah yeah for sure and everything is in 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 ours because i live in a very rural area there there is no uh you know there's no um, you have no gas there's no no gas there's yeah there yeah there's no nothing it's just electric but you still have an outhouse oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, totally got all that yeah Yeah, totally got all that i mean come on now what do you think i am a heathen you're not uncivilized i know come on now (laughs) but uh but what I actually had to wind up doing is ordering two of these, installing two of these. Yep. And so I've got, you know, over over the course of the month, I got them in, got them installed, you know, did all the work, blah, blah, blah. Everything's good. And, um, and I like this solution. Yeah, so. I, I, do, I do, too. And, and so I'll have to get you a picture of it installed. It's not the most flattering because I had to cut away a lot of, uh, you know, I had to cut away a lot of drywall and everything to... Uh, to get these mounted, you know, on top of each other, oh, so you, know, you actually to the side where you have your boxes is it in a finished area? It, it is, yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. And, and so these, uh, you can either mount these um, on the wall, or if you wanted to, you can uh, you can cut your wall and then have these flush mount with your panels. And I chose to go the flush mount route, so I'm going to have to do some drywalling in order to you know accommodate the yeah. holes that I made, you know, or the the cut sections that I did. But ultimately, they they're both there and they they seem like they're going to work fine. And I'm sleeping a lot better because at least now I have something, whereas previously I've never had anything. So when you tied this into the panel, was it just yeah. like a piece of Romex, like you were running it? Okay. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. I'm thinking about like doing this for me, uh-huh. and it would probably make more sense just the way this house is laid out to more satellite mount it uh-huh. a little fur- so that I've got quick visual access like from my laundry room yeah yeah versus where the panel is well with mine I, I can get to my panels easily enough they're just down the end of a hallway mm-hmm. and, and there was no reason for me to run to do a long run to get these anywhere else it's like listen I, you know i've got i've got perfect access if i cut this drywall i've got perfect it's access right yeah, yeah. to the bottoms of my of both panels and i can do an extremely short romex run to each one done. to each one of these and then if i cut over here then i can flush mount them and everything's in one place yeah and it's no done. that makes sense yeah, yeah. so that panel's just out of the way yeah I, I get it, it. visually easily yeah yeah i i totally get it but uh the cost on these are two are approximately as, as we have noted we're so good at approximately 250 dollars for the suppressor itself it does come with three of the modules already installed um if you if you want to go ahead and get additional uh replacement modules plan on spending 35 to 40 dollars each on those i did go ahead and get myself a handful quantity of replaceable modules modules because it doesn't make much sense to not have spares <laughs> yeah. you know if something were to happen I mean, we've all got fuses yeah exactly yep. so so there, there you go so I, I got a handful of replacement modules and uh, I'm very uh, I'm very comfortable now with with how this is uh, with how this has turned out what I would love to know from you from from you as the listener is uh, you know, do you leave your games plugged in all the time? I mean, seriously, do, do you just do that and just have them turned off? Or do, you, or do you have like a smart switch that turns them off even though they're still plugged into mains all the time? You know, do you have you had any surge issues at your house? And if so, what did you do? How do you accommodate that? Have you ever lost a game to a surge? I, I, I would love to know this because I feel like I put an inordinate amount of time into solving this problem, but I... 
it, it, but it was because I did not want to just go with a one-time only type of solution. I wanted something that was easily, I, I could look at it and get glance status at a moment, and I could also service this myself without ever having to get into the panel again. This fit that bill. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I can see, like I said, I could see installing this, and, and I'm about ready to actually after having cleaned a bunch of stuff out of the laundry room, yeah. I am about ready to revamp some additional stuff back there for some storage and the space that I opened up and, okay. and, and just a continuation of the reorganization. Yeah. And I'm right there working in the space where I would put this. Oh yeah. yeah. Like talking about getting, you know, I'd have to do air quotes remote. Yeah. It'd probably be, I don't know, a 15, 17, 16 foot run. You could do that. Yeah, it's no big deal. I pulled, I don't know how many cables through there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But that would be the time to do this because I'm just going to be there and all my tools will be here. (laughs) Yeah, I would would highly recommend it. And again, if if you want this this style of surge suppressor, this is the most economical route that I've gone or that I've seen, and uh, I, and, and I wound up going. And uh, anything else along these lines in this form factor gets way gets way more expensive very quickly, um, and you could be spending thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars. And this this seemed like it, it fit the bill. But so, what's the elevation in your air? It, I'm just that you've had this happen twice yeah it's just yeah crazy it, it, it is and i i don't really i mean i live i mean i live on a small hill but i mean there's i i don't have a lightning rod and i and i, I mean when well, you no said tr- it didn't hit the house and this it didn't was hit at the house distance. It, yeah. this was at a distance but it still made it to me now i mean i've got trees all around my property but it a tree wasn't taken out and the interesting thing about it is it didn't take out the transformer either so it it, it was it was weird when in i that had regard. when i had the th- the one that happened here several uh-huh. years ago yeah i i checked the house i was genuinely shocked yeah, it, I was actually in my shop right yeah. behind you. Were you concerned that it roasted some Romex oh, inside oh, the house? I was. I, I honestly, after it hit, uh-huh. so all right. The I had four, three actually really huge trees in the in my backyard, uh-huh. not too far off the back the back deck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I say four slash three because whoever pl- the whoever planted them either the original owner or the second owner of this house this house was built in like 54 they planted them in a large square okay and i, I i'm assuming both families had kids and it was probably for the kids to play in ice yeah, area oh yeah yeah well one of them got ginormous a second one got almost as ginormous the third one was pretty ginormous and the fourth one was crowded out yeah so it was kind of puny yeah and the the ginormous one and the two pseudo pseudo ginormous brothers is the one that took the brunt of it. Uh-huh. The ginormous one the most. Yeah. When it hit, I was in my shop, yeah. so I'm in the basement, concrete floor carpeted, but it's yeah. I'm on foundation basically. Yeah. yeah. Underground, and when it hit, I literally it like my vision went blurry because it hit so hard it was such a concussive hit uh-huh it it felt like 
it literally felt like the house was picked up uh-huh. about three inches and then, sh- and then shaken sh- and then sat back down, sat or, back dro- down. or dropped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it looked, I actually, my vision went blurry. Wow. And, you know, Maxine was down there. She was asleep on the bed. She got up. She was flipping out. Yeah. And I was shocked that there wasn't just stuff just blown to bits and yeah. all over the house. Electric. Yeah. And you know, other than the tree, it, it the, the, the biggest tree took the, the brunt of it and it split that tree almost to the ground. Wow. Yeah, and it was yeah. still standing. It yeah. was a strong tree. I was afraid that a, a wind was going to end up splitting it before I had it taken down, but it split that tree. You could see straight through that tree. Oh, that's and, that's unreal. But and the only thing electronic that was damaged was the motion sensor light that was on the side of the it, garage. Isn't it nuts? It was it, crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, the it, only it, thing. And, and like with with my with me, I mean, of course the and it did. It jumped to the other the other two bigger trees. Yeah. Yeah. Or the one of the I'm sorry. No, one of the bigger trees is still there. It jumped to the it, the next smallest than the puniest. It like made a like a semicircle. A semicircle. Yeah. yeah. It's just it's just crazy. And there's no there's no rhyme or reason no, to it, it. It's just it blew bark it's, off it's the nature. other two trees like like in multiple strips to the ground. It looked like you took a box two box knives side to side uh-huh. taped together so the blades were a fixed distance. <laughs> yeah. And etched it i mean it was <laughs> several strips perfect yeah isn't that crazy perfect. almost like you were peeling i, I don't know yeah. like yeah. you cut it literally like you, like cut, you it. cut it it was yeah. it was you wild that's that's anyway. wild well anyway so so th- that's that's my mm-hmm. I, I guess my my tech talk section for this month is is i, it I just been, it's been brent's money it, well it, it could be that i, I guess <laughs> it very well could be that but i just wanted to i just wanted to talk about my experience here and i'm not done yet because i've still got some more work to That's do like a threat <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i'm, I'm not, not done yet i'm not done yet <laughs> don't think i'm done <laughs> where do you think i am so got a heathen i'm not done yet <laughs> But, but ultimately, th- this is the next step on I-, I think a bit of a longer road. But at least now I feel like I have done ample work to protect the house and protect the games at least to some degree. You know, so, whose you know who's opinion I'd really like to hear on this? I- Ike Art, exactly. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're gonna have to get in touch with Ike and see where he's at. Uh, see where he's at on this. Ike, what do you do now? Real quick, Brent, before we get into, <laughs> Hold on, I think I'm crying again. <laughs> Before we get into the news and feedback, and we've got the mailbag here, and, and we start kind of winding down the show a little bit, a couple of minutes. Um, how how did you approach powering your game room? Just just real quick. So I'm not. I won't get into the super details of this. Yeah. But the short of it was is when when I was setting this up, I, I was also concerned or trying to make a decision more more of a decision of convenience okay how to turn all this junk on yeah yep you know i didn't want to crawl behind every pinballs are easy but all the video game stuff it's all over yeah and i had thought of a lot of things and and a friend of mine a friend of the show who's an electrician his game room i remembered would come on with a light switch <laughs> And it's an impressive sight, actually. Yeah. I've seen it. Yes. So, what if you're at his house and he flips that lo- that light, that innocuous light innocuous switch? Innocuous light switch. You hear what sounds like Mike Tyson punching a steel plate down the hallway. Uh huh. And the games come on. Yeah. And really, what that 
that's so what's what he's got is a little sub panel down a short hallway outside of his game room with in that in that little panel that box is what's called a contactor and i was already thinking of basically a contactor is a relay and I think a relay is like in the DC world, right? Not, not DC Comics. No, no, no. Um, yeah, DC Voltage. DC, like, yeah, like yeah. in a car. Like in a car. Yeah, yeah or like an like a relay for an amp. You yeah, know, exactly. Like a car amp. Yeah. If when, when if you walk uh, something that's even more relatable to everybody, if you've got a larger flat screen TV and you walk up to it and it's got a soft touch button, yeah, you touch it and it turns it on. Right before it comes on, you hear a click. Uh huh. Well, that is a relay. Yeah. That soft touch button sends a little voltage and a little current over to the relay, which is enough power to close the relay, which is a, technically a switch. Uh-huh. And then when that was, when it closes... That's when the magic that's happens. That's when the magic happens, yeah. because that closes the switch contacts, and that those switch contacts that are now closed can handle a heavier load, yeah. the power of the television. Yeah, because okay. you're not running it all through that one innocuous little switch. No, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. And, and that's what was going on in this this person's game room. The, in, in AC land, I don't, I've never heard them called a relay. I've always heard them called contactors. Okay. And more or less, it's a way to use a smaller, uh, more user-facing switch to then turn on heavier draw equipment. And you can also use them in industrial automation, things like conveyor belts, and you might, you know, uh, uh, assembly line, you know, ma- management of electronics and control systems and all that. But that that's what they do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So what I ended up doing is, is there's five circuits down here. I use two contactors and there's other things that kind of go on the, in the, in the scheme here so that it's not one surge and everything comes on. But I, in effect, use a single switch to then send a, activation over to those contactors closes the contactors and turns on my five game room circuits yeah so okay i have if you look around my game room all the circuits in the game room are 20 amp capable with 20 amp receptacles and if you look around my game room you'll notice there's two different color receptacle faceplate combos if it's gray it's it's switched with the game room circuits and it's dead unless the game room's on yeah okay. if it's tan then it's it's on its own separate circuit and it's like a utility circuit and it's yeah. con- it's constant hot constant like any hot. other conventional yeah. circuit in a home yeah okay so technically mine are separated but they're only separated by whatever the width is in the contacts inside the contactor yeah but but they're still separated they're still separated yes yeah yes now if do do I feel that that would stop a surge? Again, I did. I was party to lightning coming from the heavens and finding its way to ground through a ginormous tree that also split out to two other trees. So I don't know. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Buy, I wouldn't bet the farm on it. Yeah, I, I get it. But um, 
Dude, you may want to get you one of these. That's what I'm thinking. That's better than, <laughs> That's you know, I'm saying. if it's, I, I want to look at it a little bit more. Yeah, yeah I know, I know sure. how you research stuff. Oh, so yeah. that, honestly, that shortcuts a lot of my research because I trust your research. Well, I, th- you know, hey, I tell you, that's to have a solution. Thank you. It's the nicest yeah. thing anybody said to me all day. I appreciate that. I've, I have burned a lot of hours before I decided on this, no doubt. I, you, you tend to have a much longer term memory than I. I tend to research like that as well. And then if you ask me about it in a month, I look at you and I'm like, look, <laughs> I know me. I can tell you I researched everything. Yeah. And once I made my decision, I brain flush. Yeah, yeah I get I, it. I'm sorry. I, I can't it. tell you the specifics yeah. anymore. Well, that, that's, that's, yeah, I get it. It's t- totally good, man. It's the way my, my brain has yeah. always worked. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, it's all good. Well, we've got it memorialized here in the show notes. How about that? <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I'll make sure that the, that everything we talked about here does, does get in the show notes, your, your section as well as mine. Okay, so Brent, with that, why don't we uh, take a small break and then let's uh, dig into the mailbag. We've got a couple of uh, got a couple of feedbacks here, and then we've got a, a little bit of news. I cannot believe, seriously, I cannot believe our pinball news is Haggis Pinball. It's amazing, <laughs> and you know what? It's awesome. But we're we're going to talk a little okay. bit about that as well, and uh, then we'll go ahead and wrap up the show. How about that? All right, Whitney, sounds right. like a plan. Yep, be right back. Okay, Brent, what most people don't know is even though we were only gone, you know, in quote unquote podcast time for, you know, seconds, se- mere seconds, seconds, mere seconds, uh, you and I have gone out, we've had supper, we've ran at least a two to three mile race. We've come back, we've, you know, gotten ourselves refreshed, we've pet the dog, we've called home, we've done all kinds of things. All kinds of time to spare, man. I, oh, I we're just, just we're just good. I, I just love this is the magic. I love the magic of editing, is what I do. Yeah, yeah. All right. So the mailbag, the mailbag. So, so it looks like we have a selection that you've pulled. You've rummaged around in the mailbag. Yes, I have. We, yeah. And kind of like they do at at a, I don't know at a church picnic. <laughs> uh, you know, they've got the little the little canister made out of like the expanded wire. Yes, and they they put in your your tickets and they spin it around. And they spin and it then, around. Then you just then reach they, in there. And then they pull some random child out of the audience and say come up here and pull something out and then you the, we've we've accomplished all of that yes. and it's brought us to this this yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, you read these i'm going over the cake booth okay fair, fair enough all of our international listeners are like what, what? is he talking it's, about it's a it's a state fair thing no, no doubt and the only thing is i can't read these in casey Kasem style which is really what they deserve okay and they write. Okay, so here we go. First one is from is from listener, friend of the show, Casey Relford. Who? Yes, exactly. And Casey writes in. Somebody, he, uh, that name sounds familiar. Yeah. But I think he's dead to me. Well, he he actually addresses this. Oh, in, does. in this, yeah. Well, he says, I can't hear it. Okay. <laughs> he says, "Hey there, Kentucky guys." He goes, I've been catching up with the Broken Global Pandemic Token podcast in the past few days, and since I hadn't heard any recent mention of still being, <clears throat> quote-unquote, dead to Brent, <clears throat> quote, he says, I thought I'd request some content that I don't recall you covering in a past episode. He says, I believe we've talked a teeny bit about this in person once or twice, but I hope other listeners would be interested to hear... A bit-by-bit breakdown of your own personal test rigs that you'd use in your respective workspaces. Have you both gone through, through the trouble to really build something multifunctional? 
I've been thinking that it's about time I set up my own quote-unquote testing space since I recently picked up a pretty nice adjustable voltage desktop power supply, but I have too many varying and conflicting ideas in my head about the best practices for building a u- the universal in and outs in what, in what have you in order to test properly. In the past, I've typically pulled the entire guts out of a machine I'm working on, which just seems like way too much work. Yeah, and that's one of the things it, I, it, it is. I, I know um, I, I've been thinking about getting some pole position boards out because uh-huh. last time I tried to work on a pole position board, I just frankly gave up because I was trying to do it cross-legged uh-huh setting on the on the ground with At schematics on my on a stool on my left and yeah. a board on a piece of cardboard on my lap yeah and, and it's it, just it, just like so you get it plugged in yeah and it's just uh fr- and looking in the mirror to see what i was getting on the monitor yeah and it's just oh, yeah. frustrating i i know so trust i get me. that he goes and he goes on to say he goes of course i i am talking about t- test rigs for pins or vids since I'm working on both this year. Yeah, that's year, a whole... It's a whole nother yeah. ball of wax, buddy. But anyway, we'll get into that here in just a minute. And Brent, I don't think we need to boil this down this episode, but let's just respond to this. Yeah. Because we could almost dedicate an entire episode to to responding to this. And I'm good for doing that. But we need, but we can't do it like quote unquote right here. But but anyway, Casey goes on. He goes and speaking of, uh, Dolly wants to know. Uh, Dolly is Casey's wife. He goes wants to know the likelihood of having a romantic dinner with both of you here in Atlanta this year for SFG. Of course, Jackie and Grace are invited. Although I'm not sure if I am. Well, Casey, I, that's that's between you and and and, and, uh, <laughs> I don't, and the I don't right have, there. I, I, I'm not I getting in the middle on, of that. I gave up on romantic dinners with married women. <laughs> after i learned a lesson yes or two or two yeah the second one hurt a lot more i'm sure and he goes also if you've already covered this topic just let me know the how many questions number. does he have <laughs> well, he is so freaking needy we're almost done he goes, let me know the episode number and ignore everything i said above he goes except for well the dinner thing all right so casey <sighs> in in response we, we need to have like a two question max <laughs> casey in response no we have not covered this in a prior episode that i, I remember in, we've in touched any great on it detail. in bits and pieces yeah we, but we I th- have it, it, yes i think the closest we've come and i don't even know if there's a video up of you going through your an earlier iteration of your rig well i think i did a presentation i think i did a presentation on it at sfge but i'll be very honest with you that was like my first run yeah i've totally i've totally overhauled it since then i had mine at one of actually the how many years was it in that first hotel Uh, 15 You got me, and I had to think about that. I was like, "Twenty fifteen? It isn't fifteen years old." Uh, I think I think the answer to your question is two. One of those two. One of the years. Yeah, it was. It was first hotel. It was two. In the first hotel. That that was at the Peachtree Center. Yes. Yes. I took my my an early version of my rig there, and it's changed since then. Mm -hmm. So to, to answer the question. I have two two core rigs, and uh-huh. one of them is isn't even considered a rig, per se. That one is the monitor deal that I mentioned earlier, yeah. where I've got a piece of 
old shelf board yeah. and it's got a one-to-one iso transformer screw to it it's got a a um, a, a box with a push button that i actually got to change out because i've worn it out Mo- yeah. uh, push button that locks down switch in it uh-huh. with a with a um and actually i put a uh, um you can get these at any hardware store the little red bulb dome lights like you use it's for ac you yeah. put it across ac circuit yeah. and i think it's a little neon light that's that's in the box in the face of the box so when it's on it glows red yeah yep and then um it's got a fuse on it yeah, yeah. and that's it yeah. and the intention there is is that i push the button and turn it on and then if oh crap i have an oh crap moment being that it's a, a push button, I can just slap slam, it, slap it, or slam and then it, it, yeah. it'll it'll pivot, it'll uh, unlock and c- turn itself off. Yeah. Okay. So that that's how I power up monitors. Yeah. The 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 lion share nineteen twenty five inch color raster monitors. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Then my other rig is basically a jam wiring harness. So uh-huh. I've got a larger board and. I, so, so how, do you, how do you get all this in one place? you got a power supply. You've got some version of controls and push buttons, including your push buttons. So I had already, from an operator somewhere, picked up their test rig, which was a metal project box that had something in it they repurposed, and it has two Wicco joysticks in it. And it had player one start, player two start, a coin one, and... Um, one or, or two buttons for each joystick. I think Jam actually support three buttons. I think so. I think so. Before you get to the kick. So. Yeah, before yeah. you get to the kick. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's outside the Jam anyway. Yeah. So I had that as my initial harness or initial test rig. And what I've done now is I've affixed all of that to a board. Yeah. Okay. And I've got a satellite small plastic box off off that metal box that gives me my other coin button and um i think test and all the other buttons i needed that that, that weren't already there and it's got the power supply screwed to it and if you ever see i don't know how to describe these i always thought these were the coolest switches when i was a kid if you watch any movie like top gun anything that's got aircraft in it yeah they had these like these big red plastic covers and you'd flip them up and oh, there was yeah. a toggle switch underneath yeah, it. Yes, exactly. And then when you slap the cover down, it, it, it turns it off. It turns it off. Oh, yeah. Well, in my travels, I've come across a couple of those toggle switches. Hey, I know where to order them and I've oh, ordered a bunch you? of them and I'll put them in the show notes. Oh, good. Because yes. I'd like to have a few yeah, more yeah, of them. Yeah, because I, I ordered them for my test rig. I only had yeah. a couple. Um. I have one of those on it that cuts the main power and the same deal. I I can turn it on, but if, oh, crud, the smoke yeah. starts coming out, I yeah. can just smack that big red plastic thing and it, it turn, cuts it all turns off. It off. Yeah. So, yeah, I've got all that. That's probably on a 10 by 10 or 12 by 12 piece of shelf board, just uh-huh. pine shelf board. Yeah. And it's power supply. And I want to modify that because where I run into problem with that is non-jamma boards. Yeah. And what ends up happening is I'll have a something jammed in the jamma connector so that I can then clip leads onto it. Then I'll have a solder eye mm-hmm. edge connector plugged into my non-jamma board so that all those little solder eye loops 
for all the equate to all the pins Mm -hmm. and i'm running jumpers yeah and it just that works but it's problematic when you're moving stuff if you have to flip the board over or so what i want to do is i want to put some more breakout headers on the main board itself the actual physical wood board yeah so i i've got taps where i can go right to five volt right to ground right to 12 volt right to minus five yep and i've done that coming on i've done yeah. that coming off the power supply and then and, a more permanent yeah. solution i can plug right into the jamma harness to get me my control break exactly a breakout exactly. board i want yeah. to do a breakout yeah so yeah. That, that's kind of what i run so i mine is Mine is a variation of that. Um, I, I have a separate board for powering a monitor and a separate board for powering a, 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 with a power supply, powering through a jam harness with controls and stuff like that. But then, Casey, to answer your question, then you've also got to, as Brent has noted, you've got a plan for how you how you interface with a lot of pcbs through that jamma harness and i've got a a stack of jamma to whatever adapters but it doesn't cover everything yeah and i've got a lot of them too but and uh, it costs more money they they can get expensive oh they get expensive quick yeah but, but i'm telling you there's really no other way to solve the problem unless you unless you don't have an adapter and then you have to kind of break out on break out on your own yeah. but the jam adapters are solid gold so so casey anyway uh not to belabor the point but let us let us talk about it off off show let brent and i talk about it off show get ourselves in a position where we can take some good pictures you know talk about the jam adapter and everything and then lay it out in pictures and then we can revisit this okay because i think that would do everybody a lot of good over and above just answering answering this and then pinball i'll go ahead and say this okay good luck pinball good (laughs) luck okay number one and i i freely and i'm being as transparent about this as i possibly can be i have nothing to work on pinball because all my all my pinball machines are are either stern or spooky machines from 2012 up and i I don't i mean i don't work on i don't work on old pinball i just don't and and i will say this and man just go ahead and throw the hate mail i just go ahead i'll take it no big deal I really don't have any plans on buying any pinball older than what I already have. Mm-hmm. I just don't because I'd rather <laughs> I got into pinball late, okay? And um yeah, I'm looking at my games. I think there's only one here that's newer than 2012. Uh, yeah, exactly. And and that's uh, I get that. And, and trust me, I respect that. There's no issues about that, but I just don't I, I I'd much rather work on video games than work on old pinball machines. I'd rather play new pinball machines. I'm just going to leave yeah. it at that. Okay, that's for, it. For my take on the pinball side, I mean, it, in the video side, it's basically for raster color games. It's it's a well, we've not even talked about vectors. Oh yeah, and that's monitors, and yeah. that's in Casey. We're going to have to and address I'm staying that. With the line share and yeah. high level right now. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a it's a game of adapting. It's a game of adapting. And if and you adapters, think about yes. like Atari's Cat Nine Thousand, its big test box. Yeah. It that's how you supported a game. You had an adapter. Yeah. That plugged into that common interface. It wasn't a JAMA interface but it was their pinout and you the uh, the bally thing that, that we talked about that i have several uh-huh. shows ago 
same deal. It has a, a, a standard air quotes for it plug on the side of it. Yeah. And if you wanted to do burger time, you had to get the burger time kit yeah. that had the physical cable adapter to go to that interface out to the burger time. Yeah. And it come with other stuff too. It come with the test software for burger time. Yeah. And all that. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, so on the video side, it's kind of, you know, Whitney and I are, and I think a lot of people, and even the operators, when I've looked at some I own, some I've seen, some I've like, woo, you know, but it's all some variation of, of adapting the games to a JAMA connector. That's exactly. Unless you're, unless you have gone down like the curse cash route or something like that, where you've got a, a curse cash tester box and then it had, it had kick harnesses for all the boards. Yeah. And but stuff. that's still adapting. But it's still, still adapting. Yeah, yeah exactly. Y- yeah. You're, you're coming yes. back to what is common. Bingo. Controls. Yes. Controls. In a JAMA harness. Signals. In a JAMA harness. Yeah. yeah. When you get into pinball, it's all different. Yeah. You yeah. know, Data East is kind of like later Williams because they took basically Williams type designs and went forward with it. Yeah. But it's not the same. And Williams, I mean, there's so many flavors the Williams stuff. Some of it, I mean, like to do, I've got two factory Williams test fixtures. Uh-huh. So, I need to go back and actually get a little bit deeper into them, but I should. I think the two text, test fixtures I have c- will cover everything, like System Six up to eleven. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's not going to help me with a with uh, an old Bally or a Stern. No. So you kind of, you know, I, I've got a I've got a power harness where I can take a lot of your Williams MPU boards, set it on my bench, and then run it from an arcade power supply. But and at least get the board to at least boot. yeah at least get it to boot. the board yeah, and yeah. trying to get it to boot and stuff yep. like that. Yep. But it, it, there's not enough commonality even within the same family, the same manufacturer <laughs> to to be something as generic as like you can on the video side. Because yeah. like I said, at the end of the day, they all for the most part, with some exception, it's going to be the same video type output. It's yeah. going to be here. What is up? Where's up? Yeah. And all I'm going to do is ground that pin and it goes up. Yeah. So yeah. you're, you're, you're adapting, you're physically adapting to what is a com- more or less a common electrical interface on yeah. the video side. So pinball, good luck, bud. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, th- that's, that's why I say, Casey, let us, let us regroup on this and, uh, you know, get some pictures and, and just kind of detail out what we're using, what we have. And I think that will be as helpful as discussion. And then that way we'll put it, we'll either put it up on our website or on the Facebook page or both or, or something like that. So we'll, we'll, we'll find a way to get it documented, but, uh, more to come on that. I, and honestly, I would like to invest some time in that because I think there's value yeah, that in covering be, that in detail. There yeah, really that is. Would, that, I could see that helping a lot of people. It, it would help we've a lot learned, of people. Both of us have learned a lot of lessons if we've, as we've grown our test Yes. Rigs. Yes. And, and I think if we were to get that documented, it would be something that would help a lot of people out. So, Casey, good question, and more to come on that. So, what comes here from Adam, and it, this seems topical given the or the discussion earlier in the show. It, it really does. It really does. So, this next one is from listener of the show, Adam uh, Adam Godfrey, and Adam writes in. And he says, uh, as I know you're a fan of the standard Nintendo coin mech, Asai Seiko, he said, I thought I would share this interesting piece of information with you. 
I'm not sure who exactly to give credit to this, but it would pr- but it would probably belong to one of my many nieces and nephews who came over recently after being apart for the last year because uh, because of the pandemic, uh, because of the pandemic, and we're getting together now that we have our shots. So he says. Uh, Adam goes on to say the biggest arcade players in the bunch in the bunch range in age from about three to nineteen. But I would probably give credit to those somewhere between three and eight for this tidbit. And this this gets better as it goes. He goes. Did you know that the average Asahi Seiko coin mech in a Donkey Kong cocktail cabinet can fit? approximately 14 quarters, two pennies, and a 10 pence coin before it fully jams. Where did he get the 10 pence coin? I, I have no idea. Where did that come, That Where did that one come from? I, I don't know. Victor must have given it to him. I, I don't know. Strange It'll but work. true. Just try this. Yeah, yeah. Either Vic, Victor or Sean Hawley gave it to him and he said, here, use this as at the very end of the test. And Adam says, strange but true. And I have to hand it to them as they're very talented. And they love Donkey Kong, and Donkey Kong Jr., and Miss Pac-Man, and plenty of pinball, and above all, Robotron. So, I can't complain. That's true, Adam. You can't. It's, that's, that's, a, that's strong taste right there. Love it. Can't say that they attempted to do this on any other machine, but got to hand it to them. I suppose it's good that I always remember to keep my quarters clean. <laughs> Game awesome. on. Adam, touche, brother. That's awesome. Excellent. And then he gives us a picture of... Guess what? 14 quarters, two pennies, uh, and a 10 pence pence coin coin. all sitting there side by side. So, Adam, you win for the day. That is is great. Now, I will say this. Uh The the, the Asahi Seiko that's in my verses, it jams all the time. Does it really? Yeah. Yeah. But I will also admit I haven't paid it much attention. Yeah. In all all fairness. Well, I I get it. You know, it's it's probably got got some years on it, some run on it. One of the ones in this battle zone, which is a standard like Coinco type, that jams all the time too. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, they're really I bad. Can't, yeah, yeah. I, I can't fault it specifically. True, I, I get it. I get it. Uh, the last part of the mailbag here is from friend of the show, listener Brian C. And uh, this came over Facebook. And Brian says, uh, "Hey, I just wanted to let you know that my favorite part of your website, and it's likely no surprise, are your show notes." He says, "But uh, he says they're great, but boy, do I wish we could see the the ones that you guys use on your show uh, to do the show." He says, "It's got to be chock full of goodness." And uh, it's and, not that glorious. And, and, yeah, Brian, it's <laughs> it's really not that glorious. And quite honestly, Brian, most most of what you here on the show from a high level perspective uh in our show and that is in our show notes makes it onto the website minus minus the the extraneous detail that we just use to move the discussion along but i I can guarantee you a good 70 percent of our show notes make it into the show notes on the website so from a topic perspective anyway so uh, I always love rummaging through the through the mailbag here, Brent. And here, it, last but certainly not least, we've got one piece of news and then one piece of feedback that made me fall on the floor <laughs> laughing so hard. Have you already I, looked at it? I just scrolled down and I'm, oh. I'm going to go ahead and say... That's not feedback. That's a trolling. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's a 100% solid modern-day trolling is what it is. And it was hilarious. I laughed so hard. But but it, it, we'll end the show on that happy note. But before, the, before we get to that, Brent, we've got one piece of news here that I think is newsworthy. And... 
This comes from the land of pinball, and uh, I was actually glad to see this because we've not had much pinball news, if, honestly, for months now. As far as like truly topical topical news, we've not really had any game releases or anything like that. But this news comes from the Australian uh, pinball manufacturer, Haggis Pinball, and they have announced um, a, re- a re-release of Bally's Fathom, and they're calling it Fathom Revisit. And this is essentially a modern take on Bally's uh, Class of 81 title, Fathom. And they have uh, gone through and... um They've gone through and modernized the game a bit, okay? And they're releasing it in two different editions. A classic edition, which is going to hit the street at about 7,300-ish U.S. dollars. And then what they call a mermaid edition, which is going to hit the street at about 8,900-ish U.S. dollars. And there there are some differences in between uh, between the two. We'll get into that just here in a second. But... um, Haggis is saying that this is the first in a line of what they're calling the Classic Series. And I don't know if they're planning on releasing more Bally, uh, quote-unquote, Class of 81 titles, um, or what they're really going to be pulling from. But uh, this is an interesting move from Haggis Pinball that uh, I did not I did not expect. This came, for me, this came completely out of left field. Uh, this took me by surprise and in, in, quite honestly, a bit of a positive way. I was, uh, I, I was really shocked to see this. Uh, Brent, what do you think the market is today for revisiting titles like Fathom? Do you, I mean, do you think there truly I, is a market for this? I know that... <sighs> I know that people want that game, but do uh-huh. they want it? Do they I, want it that bad? Do they want it because it's fun, or is there was it the flavor of the week like Stargazer was a couple years ago? Yeah, I, I don't. So I'm having a hard time with this, and this is why. And it's not because of the game; it's because of if 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 I give you my opinion of the game, it is absolutely based in where I am in the world and what I care about and what I buy it. And mm-hmm. it's not a slight on the game. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. So, uh, and, I'll, and I'll give it, I'll pref, I'll preface, I'll preface this with, this is me. Uh huh. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. And I don't like the price. Yeah. Uh, now and I, all this is like pinball is not easy mm-hmm. they did it i'm not yeah you know so they're well ahead of me oh, in, yeah. this, in this big picture i know it's just not a matter of buying some off-the-shelf parts and making this happen there's a lot that goes into producing any game yeah and i can understand uh wanting to bring back a classic game that that has some appeal and i admit that i don't i'm not in touch enough especially after no one's seen anybody in a year yeah, as to oh, what's yeah. hot yeah you know yeah yeah but it it, it, it it you know every the the problem in the in the big picture across all of humanity is is that whenever there's an individual trying to do something there's 50 telling them why they can't uh-huh so i don't want to sound like that despite what i'm about to say yeah okay but i don't i it's priced too high yeah, I would have thought that they, especially as a startup, if they would have come out of the box, even in the five thousand dollar range uh-huh. with a single model, maybe an uptick with some some more basic changes at a at a 
couple hundred dollar difference, they would have sold a lot more units. Well, this seem, they're coming out hot, and I don't, I don't get it. Well, here, here's the thing. Um, I, I, it, it's interesting to me that the, the two editions, and the, I'm not the market for this. Yeah, no, granted, I'm I, I not the market it. for this at all. No, no, no. I, I get, so, I get it, I get it, I get it. But, I'm not sliding them at all. Mm-hmm. But there, I mean, they've they will find buyers for this. There's, I think they will. There, yeah. There's no doubt about it. And the two editions that they have got, what they call the classic edition. And you can think of the classic edition is essentially just a modernized, and when I say modernized, I mean RGB LEDs, um, RGB. They list RGB seven segment score displays, uh, you know, brushed aluminum stainless trim, you know, uh, you know, brushed stainless play, you know, steel playfield components, you know, every, everything from the perspective of the original fabric. I mean, I can put those displays in. What are they? Three hundred bucks for a set? What I mean, I. I think the Williams are a little cheaper because that they seem to be more common. But I mean, yeah, it's a selling point. It's yeah, a selling it's, point it for because, sure. Is because it's it's a new version. I mean, Stern of would game. list a chrome leg bolt. So I mean, I, I I'm not sliding it. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 well, it's valid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I get. Yes, I totally get it. And I think where where they're going here is that you know they're offering the original experience, but with a modernized feel or modernized components, so that you're playing the original Fathom game, hopefully in a bit of a in a bit of a, a more appealing appealing presentation. Okay, but a it's, modernized presentation. It's seventy four hundred dollars exactly US plus tax plus for- tax. I mean, for fathom, for fathom, for fathom. Yeah. yeah. Now, now get this. Okay. Now, th- this is this is what I personally do not understand. Okay. That big blue button on the front of it, the big well, blue arcade button. Hey, I'm sorry. What? Th- there's one of those. <laughs> yeah. There's one of those. The the Mermaid Edition adds a lot of functionality, a lot of what I would consider to be um, it, it really appealing functionality. Yeah. Okay, so here we're talking about a, a custom five sound speaker system versus okay? a single versus a single, single six, six inch six by six six by nine, which is yeah, you know, which is probably the equivalent of the original under cabinet speaker. Yeah, or yeah, yeah a car speaker, you know, or, or whatever it may be. Original six a single six inch speaker versus a five speaker sound system. Exactly. Yeah. And then uh, we've got what's called ReflectoCab Magnetic Reflective Luminescent Cabinet Art. Okay. That wow, was a lot. Of, a, yeah, that was a lot, lot of words. words. A lot of syllables. Uh, that's, that's a lot of words, but I'm sure, I'm just going to say, I'm sure it is very pretty and I'm sure it shows very well. Uh, just based upon based upon what what I pictured that to be. Dual apron integrated six point uh, 6.8 LCD screens and ambient below cabinet lighting. These are all features of the Mermaid Edition. Now, the one that I left out, or the one that I'm leaving to the to last, is this. Get this. Where the Classic Edition has the original 1981 Fathom rule set, the Mermaid Edition, hold, hold your horses here, of which there are only going to be 250 of these made, has the enhanced 2.0 rule set with new callouts and music. That I, I take exception to because only 250 of these machines are going to experience whatever this new rule set music callouts and everything and and it's i mean it's a significant uplift in price but in order to make the classic edition far more appealing at the money 
I think they should have included the, this two, this fathom enhanced 2.0 rule set call outs and music on the on the classic edition, and at least gave everybody a kicker up for why they should buy this over a regular fathom outside of the rgb leds and rgb you know score displays mm-hmm. and, and it all seems that kind like of a stuff. lot of effort to redo i mean a, a, a rule, rule set, set is one thing if you're if but you, call outs well, and, and it, stuff like that i'm assuming like you take the original rule set 2.0 to me denotes a major change. Oh, it, I mean, brand new. Yeah. I mean, completely overhauled. Yeah, it's not like 1.4. No, 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 you know? no. This is like a second game in yeah, your game. Yeah, that's the way I that's see it. That's the way I read so, this. So, to me, I mean, but it's one thing to start with the original. Like, like this, uh, my Jurassic Park has that updated rule set in it. I can't re- remember the name of the gentleman that actually is going through these Data East games. He did Star Wars Jurassic Park. He's doing a bunch of the games. Okay. And he's straightening out some of the imbalances and the scoring and a bunch of stuff. It's one thing. I mean, I'm assuming they started with the original rule set and they they added things that are easily easy to do with modern MPUs and modern yeah. I mean, they, processing. They say and, it's enhanced. And, so. But there's it's probably at the base, that original rule set yeah. it grew from that. You would think. Yeah. You would think. So, but I have to imagine that if that wasn't a heavy lift, you had a lot of lift in the music and the callouts and the production to yeah. do that. And I don't but why do it for just two hundred? Yeah, or two fifty? Yeah, or two fifty? Well, yeah, I don't. I just don't understand that. I, I mean, and I'm sure there's a business reason behind it, but I don't understand it. And I just say that twice within ten seconds. Yeah, so, like I said, says I, something. I'm, I'm. I freely admit that it could just be me. I'm not the audience for this. Well, I, I don't get it, and I think it's. I know it's not easy. I know there's that things have to be produced. It costs to have stuff made. Yeah, but I I don't see that's. It that's, seems it seems like a lot of investment for yeah. not a lot of return on yeah. that investment. I'm gonna take my seven grand and I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna. I'm gonna buy a flashy, glitzy, toy filled modern game yeah exactly that's what i'm going to do now the one thing that i will say and i do want to give them credit my for, seven grand buy me a mustang yeah it, 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 or and something else yeah, probably probably yeah what i do want to give them credit for is they were thinking uh they were thinking a bit outside the box and they they've got the guts to do this and i want to congratulate haggis for for um I, I guess reaching a portion of the market that is that is likely underserved at this point, and with this type of an announcement, Brent, if I if I if I step back and take stock of the pinball industry and where it can go and the market that it can serve, Haggis really kind of kind of. Uh, met met the un met the segment of the market that I think may have been underserved leading up till now. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that there is uh, a lot of underserved market from a demographic perspective and a game perspective historical in, in a historical perspective. Now with Haggis doing something like this and with what Chicago Gaming is doing with their re releases as well. I mean, seriously, Brent, where 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 else is there to go? I, mm. I mean, it's we've. It's almost like you've kind of come full circle again. So I, I, so I like I like the idea. I do. I love the idea, and I do. I wish them all the best. I just hope that they can do enough with this to to justify going on, having done it, having yeah. done it. Yes, that's I just, what I hope. Again, I don't know their business model. I, yeah, I'm just a either. dude sitting across the room from another dude yep. that's done a podcast for 
15 years, yeah. eight years, yeah. seven, <laughs> some, almost eight years, whatever. Yeah, 7.8 it, years. Yeah. I would have thought it would have made a lot more sense to have tried to brought the, this in at the $4,000 I, I would agree. price yeah. point. Yep. And then maybe had a special edition at 6,500 and done it with a trim kit yeah. or something. Yep. And gone on with it. Yeah. And, and honestly, I mean, I don't know their finances. I don't know what their breakover point is. I don't know what their, I'm sure they're trying to finance the company to make their own because they've got their own title that's out there. Celts, I think it yeah, is that they're yep. wanting to produce. Yep. I think they could have moved more units at a, at a lower price point and then just moved on to the next unit. Yeah. And, it, and you know, I hate to say rinse, wash, repeat, but find another title. It's and revisit it and revisit it. That's, that's exactly cool. right. Yeah. Yeah. In, yeah. in volume could make up for that. I, I just yeah the, the whole thing with with how they have how they have chose that number and and then especially it's just the rule set I think it's just the rule set issue that really gets me hung really, up now yeah. where did I read where they made us they made a note and I, I give them I give them another big wink for this like yeah boys uh-huh. they made a they made certain to note that with, with a little out they made a note to call out that the play field won't dimple <laughs> yes they did yes they did and, and they they fell short of just like you know unless you just like put it in an industrial situation and fire forty thousand. however they worded it there was a wording in oh, there here it is haggis proprietary dimple free play field technology yeah yeah wow that's that's <laughs> a lot of words to troll isn't it i just I, whatever i'd read maybe when when you linked it on our facebook page it was that plus a little bit more yeah but yeah, I was yeah. Like, oh yeah good yeah. good on you yeah the, yeah the dig, the dig was there but yeah i, I mean this is notable because this is this is something that quote unquote has not been done this way. Um, I mean, CGC is re-releasing the same game as in their different. They're creating different tierings of their game based upon trim and display and topper and things like that. But the core is the same game. Whereas what whereas what Haggis is doing is they're actually creating two different games in the same cabinet. Different, differing by editions uh, and code level, and then of course you know trim and, and everything like that that goes along with it. Again, I, I wish them the best. I, um, I, I got to give them an I got to give them an A in effort. That that much is for sure. Um, okay, so Brent, uh, real quick here, right before we uh, wrap up the show, well, I got a oh, quick note. Oh, you so, got something? You know, okay. Oh, yep. I just. Uh, just a call out to David Corgan and uh, the obligatory hey check out pixelplanetarcade.com oh, yeah, okay. for his uh, arcade there in Noblesville Town Center uh, next to Sonic that's important highway fi- uh, highway oh and next to Sonic and Highway 55 Burgers I thought it was off Highway 55 <laughs> uh, and other restaurants there in Noblesville Tennessee uh, check it out you yeah. know it's very very the Nashville proper yeah. area it's in that space Pixel Planet arcade.com and you're Dave, welcome dave dave's a great friend Send of ours and paypal uh, me at <laughs> <laughs> well you know what we need to get him to cut a little uh, a little bumper for us is what we need that would be pretty awesome but uh we'll have to talk to dave about that but all uh, right so on on with it with yeah so we had <laughs> we had as a response to a discussion on the last show uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Vic from the Ten Pence Arcade podcast, uh, Victor Marlin, a friend of the show, in, in, in great, just great all around guy. Vic, he tweeted 
and he tweeted a picture to me on Twitter. See the other one. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. It gets better. And all the all the picture was there was no words. It was just a picture of a wood grain. This is like the side profile or three quarter side profile shot of a wood grain cabinet, arcade cabinet that has black leather tea molding on it. And he just left it there. And that was it. Okay. And so I responded and I said, Vic, I said, my eyes, it hurts. Make it stop. Make it stop. And Victor then responded with, okay, (laughs) that tweet from mine. And he tweeted a picture of a clown. (laughs) That's uh, a variation of the Ziggy. It's a variation of the Ziggy clown. Same company made it. Yeah. It has to be (laughs) the same company that that makes it. And uh, and then I responded. And I think Victor's actually replied with a third picture. But I didn't get it into the show notes in time. What was the third picture? The third picture was Was a a donkey coming fire. No, no, no. It was a a close-up picture of the clown's face and it was smiling yeah <laughs> so vic so vic uh, troll level eight, eight achieved. achieved yeah victor uh all i can say is buddy touche oh, <laughs> touche that's awesome yes but anyway brent uh with that we'll uh call episode 99 uh <clears throat> let's see done and dusted how about that we, it's it's a wrap so Brent, where can people find us uh we can be found on facebook uh www we all know that yeah, part. That, why don't yeah. even say that's still in the show notes we've yeah, got to revamp we, we, that yeah we did this brian is why you can't see the show notes yes exactly <laughs> uh facebook.com slash broken token yep twitter at broken token and of course the new uh mo, mo better mo better yeah speedy uh <laughs> website brokentoken.com yes yeah and, and i am committed to getting uh more of the show content out there and uh i've i've got a platform now that i'm satisfied with and works well so uh like i say those always up-to-date articles things like that they'll be there and uh we're available on itunes or, or now apple podcasts uh stitcher radio uh in the google play store with google podcasts and um i am getting ready over the course of this next month i will plan on getting us submitted to uh, hopefully eight or nine other uh, syndicators and so once I get approval on that then we'll, we'll list those here as well and we'll have them on the website so anyway with that Brent uh, episode number 99 is a wrap uh, this was great fun uh, have you heard from Ike Arton I have Again, not no you have not Ike has been pretty quiet we need to uh, we need to make sure that Ike knows uh, is Ike in eastern time I- Ike is in I'll, eastern I'll time I'll wait till about 3am and I'll text him gotcha alright well until we until we talk to Ike uh what we'll say is everybody we thank you for listening and uh until episode number 100 we'll say keep your quarters clean and game on congratulations you made it to the end of another episode of the broken token podcast i promise they'll do better next time maybe next episode they'll actually listen to me for a change Just go easy on the guys. They don't have a lot to work with, but I know their moms would be so proud. We want to hear your feedback, comments, rants, raves, and otherwise, both good and bad. Drop us a line via email at podcast at brokentoken.com. You can also call us at 470-2-CALL-BT. That's 470-222-5528. And leave us a voicemail. 
We'd love to hear from you, and we might play your message on air in the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Broken Token, and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Broken Token. Britt and Whitney are always posting content between the official episodes, and it's a great way to stay involved with the show between the shows. You can find our podcast on the iTunes Store and on Stitcher Radio. Just search for Broken Token and subscribe to the show. Like what you hear? Please consider leaving us a review on the iTunes Store and on our Stitcher Radio page, as the reviews help out the show. Please visit our website at brokentoken.com for articles, reviews, restoration logs, direct show downloads, and expanded show notes for this and every episode. Once again, thanks for listening. The Broken Token Podcast would like to thank the only person on staff who has actual vocal talent, Miss Christy Litzy. And that's me. <laughs> music for the Broken Token Podcast is graciously provided by Mr. Scott Denisi. For more information about his music and the projects that he works on, visit his website at www.scottdenisi.com. Go Team Fiero. It was the it was the shortest, most uncomfortable pause I've heard in months. Is what that was. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is I was just opening my mouth to start because yeah. I was putting a little dead space in there. Yeah. Well, now we have to leave this. Welcome everybody to episode number ninety nine of the Broken Token Podcast. You're gonna have to do that again because I'm not gonna listen to this and find that because there's no gap. Oh, there's no gap. Yeah, we're going to go with Ike Arton there. <laughs> Whitney, so... Nope. Here, I, I got it. You ready? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, Brent, when we last... When we... Yeah, <laughs> you don't have it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got it. I got it. We good? So, Brent, when we last... <laughs> <laughs> I promise I got it third time. I promise Look, I got it. If you don't get it the third time, yeah. I'm going to reach out to Ike Art and, <laughs> and have him just come in and yeah. take over your side of the yeah, show. Fair enough. We good? I'm not. <laughs> I'm crying. I think I actually am crying a little. <laughs> okay. All right. Whew. Stage yeah. face, stage face. Yeah, yoga okay. breath. Yoga breath.